Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. DeAndre Hopkins looking at the Titans, which doesn't make sense to me from his perspective, but beggars can't be choosers. Is Hopkins actually becoming a beggar? Is he unable to get the deal he thought he'd get, or is this just a patient game? And he's going to visit uh, an old coach just to see if maybe, you know, there is something there. Is Hopkins going to eventually be a Kansas City Chief, a Buffalo Bill? I want to know what you think. Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, and more. The Fantasy Football Show news Special as we do every 7 p.m. every single Monday through Friday. This is a new show, ladies and gentlemen. 7 p.m. news show. Punch that thumb up button on your way in the door of the Fantasy Football Show. It begins right now, pal. FantasyFootballShow.com Studios. It's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. From the FantasyFootballShow.com news desk, here is your breaking news. DeAndre Hopkins visiting with the Tennessee Titans today. Um, He was slated to, and we're we're awaiting uh, how that went. But he was scheduled to fly to Nashville on Sunday to visit with the Titans per sources. D-Hop and Mike Vrabel were together in Houston, so everybody knows that there's a potential connection there. Is it enough for DeAndre Hopkins to say, let me throw logic to the wind and go to a a crumbling, disastrous scenario where, you know, you're not chasing a ring, that's for sure. And do the Titans really want to pay decent money? Because you're not going to, if you're not ring chasing in your Hopkins, you're going after the bag. Okay, it's one or the other. And we heard that a couple weeks ago, and it seems to be true so far. If you're not ring chasing, you're bag chasing. If you're chasing a bag, how? why would the Titans pay the bag? Do they really believe they have a shot at clinching one of the three wildcard spots in the conference? Do the Tennessee Titans, are they that delusional that they think this makes a lot of sense? Um, I, I don't know why it would, but it looks like Vrabel and Hopkins are going to try and see what what's what. And so this would be a disastrous scenario for Hopkins' value. It would be not the worst thing in the entire world, but it's certainly one of the lower areas to fall to for him in terms of fantasy football guaranteed production, volume, moving the chains, scoring opportunities. Tennessee's not that good. What this would do is maybe help Henry's value a little bit because there's a wide receiver. Not that Burks is incompetent. Not that Nkonkor is incompetent. Not saying that at all. I do like uh, both those guys to some degree. But Hopkins being added to this weaponry would potentially stretch the field and get the the Tennessee Titans in field goal and scoring position and moving the chains type situations more so than they would ever you know see right now in the current form of, of this team. I don't really know that this is a good spot. I don't like this spot at all. It certainly 
better than him going and ruining Dalton Kincaid's opportunity to be the number two wide receiver, even though he's a tight end. In Buffalo, let's go! Dalton Kincaid to the moon. To the moon! To the moon. I tell you. Uh, but, you know, Hopkins, we'll see what happens. These players oftentimes are so close to situations, they don't know what's good for them, a la Adams wanting away from Aaron Rodgers and going to Derek Carr, who we know Derek Carr is solid to getting in terms of getting the football to his quarterback, but we knew that that situation had potential blow up, you know, written all over it because the Raiders are so bad. And so wanting to go to the Raiders just didn't make sense for that situation. Um, Antonio Brown getting traded to the Buffalo Bills. And, and absolutely refusing to go. Remember that one a couple years back when he burned his feet off that entire offseason? Yeah, he had the tiny little Pop Warner helmet. All that stuff that unfolded that year. He, he was initially traded to the Buffalo Bills and didn't see Josh Allen as a good scenario. He wanted to go to the Raiders. He wanted to go to the Raiders. Why do, why do players want to go to the Raiders? To go, to go and just vanish and wither away? I don't understand it. Wouldn't be shocked if Hopkins is like, let's go to the Raiders. Sometimes players are too close to the situation and they don't really see what is solid, what is good, what is the potential, uh, uh, you know, solids. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply bought to go to. Uh, Scuba Steve, this is the new segment, my, my guy. Hang tight. Um, Tyreek Hill, Coach Mike McDaniel said Tyreek Hill is night and day ahead of where he was during the spring of summer uh, 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 and summer of 2022. This is fantastic news, I guess, you know, that, that Tyreek Hill's getting rave reviews right now, but like I didn't really see him, you know, far behind in 2022. I felt like he was, you know, doing good things, did great things in 2022 in general, so I guess anything positive about Tyreek Hill, anything looking solid, anything looking better is good news to us. So excited to to hear what's in store for Tyreek. Definitely got tons of upside to be a top six, top seven overall player in fantasy football. Um, Tua's got to stay on the field. The musical chairs at quarterback, the potential musical chairs at quarterback with the likelihood of injury to Tua Tagovailoa with another concussion puts Tyreek Hill in not a vulnerable spot, but like a, you know, there could be a transition period between quarterbacks where Mike White comes in or whatever they end up doing. Maybe they trade for Trey Lance if Trey Lance gets traded because look, Trey, Trey reportedly looked bad in practice. And I already told you yesterday. I don't need to hear, Smitty, you're wrong about Trey yesterday. I wasn't wrong about Trey yesterday. I told you I don't think Trey's going to work. I told you yesterday, I think he's set up for failure. I don't think he rebounds from this. I think Trey Lance's confidence is shot. And I said that yesterday. His confidence is blown. Blown. So I, I think Trey completely fails. Whether it's failing because he's set up to fail in the next coming weeks and months or because he's already been set up to fail and his confidence is shot. But Trey went out there and apparently looked like garbage today. 
Okay, through an INT, everybody's talking about it. Uh, the, uh, there's so much speculation in the beat writer world for the Niners saying that, yeah, you know, they, he might not even, he might even be the third quarterback when Purdy comes back. He's probably looking to be behind Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, if I had to guess, will get the nod walking into week one. And every one of you pro Trey Lance people need to understand what time it is and wake up because the Trey Lance era is over. It's over. He's busted. He's gone. He's not coming back. He needs to be traded to even be remotely close to being revivable at this point. He's gone. Let it go. Shanahan screwed the pooch, screwed it all up. Trey Lance is not getting a fair shot. He's already toast at this point. He, and, and so could he get traded to Miami? Mike comes from a, a 49er system and coaching tree who probably wouldn't mind having him. Maybe. Uh, Minnesota. There are all kinds of rumors of where Trey could go. I think they probably do look to trade him. At this point, it feels so broken and it feels so distracting in San Francisco. And I don't think they want Trey Lance on the roster. They made it clear earlier. So this will be a pretty decent fit, but I also like Mike White. I also feel like if Mike White was given a shot, Mike White would do wonders in this offense. So I'm I'm like kind of excited to see Trey Lance maybe get traded, hopefully, and get a shot. But then at the same time, that steps on my boy Mike White. I don't know that I want that, but movement's going to happen. We're here for it. We're here to digest it, evaluate it, predict around it. So Tyreek Hill, good news. In, in Tyreek Hill land, I, I guess. I, I didn't realize there was anything to be concerned about last offseason. But Michael Thomas, foot, told reporters, I think they made an error here. It should be foot, ankle, back, shoulder, head, confidence, uh, and parenthesis, told reporters he would be ready for training camp day one full speed. This, I've got a bridge to sell you if you believe and buy into this one. Could Michael Thomas be okay per start? I suppose. I suppose he could still do decent things. Like really decent things. Not great, not amazing, but really decent. Really decent to very, almost good. If he's healthy. The odds of this guy staying healthy are near slim to none. The odds of this guy playing more than half a season are very, very unlikely. I think Steven just dropped a 5 YouTube exclusive membership gift, which I'm going to give Steven a standing ovation like he's never had before in his entire life, if that's what just happened. Let me go ahead and uh, let me go ahead and get into the, the live stream here and just check and see. I think it's Steven. I think it's Steven. Steven gifted five memberships to five of fine folks watching right now. Five of you fine folks got one of those bad boys. Steven. Steven. Appreciate Steven, my boy. Um, let's see. Um, really good, decent, almost good is hell of an endorsement. Really decent, almost good is a hell of an endorsement. Talking about Mike Thomas, yeah. I mean, look, Mike Thomas's talent, he was so good at one point in his career. Let's give him his flowers. He had one of the best wide receiver seasons to ever occur, okay? in fantasy football, had multiple really good seasons. Mike Thomas was the man. For one moment in time, he was the number one wide receiver in fantasy football, arguably the number one, number two wide receiver in fantasy football. To suggest that if he could stay on the field, he couldn't produce a not amazing, elite, really, really good season, but a really decent, good season 
if he stayed healthy, I think would be underselling Michael Thomas's ability to drag 70% of his ability back onto the field on a healthy year and produce a good a good season, you know, under Derek Carr. Throwing the, the football to him constantly because Derek Carr can laser lock. Um, but he won't stay healthy. He plays half a season. If there was an over-under on, on, let's say, eight games, I would say under. Under. Mike Thomas, eight games, forget about it. Not on my watch. I can't, I can't even, I can't make that. I can't make that recommendation. Not on my watch. No way. It is Chris Olave season. If you haven't heard, there's a little man named Chris Olave walking around the streets of New Orleans and he looks a little something like this. And the story and the, and the little tale goes a little something like this. A top five wide receiver hides among the people. His cost of entry is near illegal. Few see him coming. Many stay away. His name is Chris Olave. We've got more gifted memberships coming in. These are rolling in from, who's this? East Coast Taddy doing East Coast Taddy things. Dropping a 10, 10 gifted membership exclusive gift to 10 fine folks watching. East Coast Taddy doing Taddy things like usual. Just two, two unbelievable men of the people. East Coast Taddy and Steven dropping 15 gifted memberships so far. And if you haven't noticed, there is a new emoji available to those of you that have the ability to drop said emoji. Go ahead and drop one for your boy. It's called the top five emoji. And whenever you feel like a player that we're talking about is top five worthy, top five bound, you want people to know about it, you just punch that bad boy right there, the new top five emoji available only to YouTube exclusive members that have that $1.99 a month plan. Just a small little sliver of a cup of coffee nowadays. A cup of coffee is like seven, eight bucks, right? $1.99 by going to the YouTube exclusive, mem- the memberships tab right here. I'll show you the memberships tab. On uh, on on desktop, you can click the join button or click memberships right on that navigation. On mobile, it's the same membership link. You just click memberships. It's a dollar ninety nine, or there's the nine ninety nine Zoom package. You can downgrade and upgrade. Totally secure. Cancel with YouTube anytime. Do it live. And these gentlemen right here are gifting fifteen of the dollar ninety nine ones out to every one of you. 171 of you in this in this uh, live stream right now, and only 51 of you have wiped your feet at the front door. Please wipe your feet at the front door. Romario dropping a super chat. Super chats always get immediate attention, and I'm doing better about trying to do that immediately. Uh, just finished the two, the last two videos. Now we're live. Appreciate you, Romario, catching up and getting your viewership in. Thank you so much. Um, I think that's the, the I'm caught up on super chats. I'm caught up on the the all the uh, membership stuff. I think Blake has uh, don't sleep on uh, uh, Shahid. Don't sleep on Shahid in New Orleans. I like that comment. That's a, a gifted um, or a YouTube exclusive membership um, moment that he's sharing. Uh, thank you very much for doing that. Uh, D class gifted one. D class gifted one membership. D class to the moon. D-Class gifted a membership. Let me scroll through the, the membership perk stuff that's going on. D-Class gifted a membership. Steven gifted five. 
uh, East Coast Daddy gifted um, ten. He also said, "I will, I will not be outdone, Stephen." That's why he dropped a ten because Stephen dropped a five. Appreciate the rivalry too, and then Blake dropping his his uh, message. So appreciate you all. Spacula in the building. Uh, Jfar, Ron AF, Boo Boo in the house. Dog, peanut butter and waivers. Jeremy W. Overcome. Jack of all trades. Uh, life is in the building. Jeremy W. Like I said, we got everybody in here. We got we got silver in the building. Swaggy. Uh, uh Mr. Bakes is in the building. Uh, Jake the Snake is here. Very blessed indeed. Uh, John's in here. John. Uh, uh James C. Like I said, silver. Romario. Appreciate you all. Hundred and uh, seventy of you in here. Please punch that thumb up button. Okay. So Michael Thomas out of the way. Don't expect much. Could he do something? I suppose. Could he do something? Is he top five at his position? Absolutely not. No. We're going to put this over here. Uh, you know, I wouldn't even say his stock is on the rise. I'd just say that Michael Thomas says he's going to be 100%. Do I believe him? No, I don't. This is the same guy that, that didn't tell anybody he didn't have surgery. Remember that? Remember that whole fiasco where I said stay away from Mike Thomas a couple years ago? And everybody said, no, he's going to be back. I said, what have you heard? Oh, nothing. Okay. No news is bad news. No news is bad news in the NFL news world, okay? Nine times out of ten. And when you didn't hear a single word from, from Mike Thomas, and Jimmy G takes a play from Mike Thomas's playbook, Mike Thomas comes in all covert like, I didn't have surgery. <laughs> Guess what? Time to have surgery now. Now I'm going to delay my season. That's what Mike Thomas did to a lot of you two years ago, and you still forgive him. I don't understand why you forgive him. Debo Samuel... Talked with his head coach yesterday and said uh, that he was awful on film in 2022. And he's never going to do that again. Never going to put that kind of film out there to be looked at ever again. Meaning he's going to work hard and figure out a way not to look sluggish and be behind the eight ball all year. But his verbiage was very important about his head coach. He said, we put it behind us and I'm never going to do that again and put bad you know, bad uh, footage out there like that. Put bad film out there. Bad, bad game film. I'm going to be better. And which was cool. It's good to see Debo say that. And it's nice to hear because he, he did, you know, he wasn't horrible, but he wasn't great. You know, wasn't great last year. Wasn't near what he was the year prior. Debo practically crapped the bed. Let's be honest. I'm being nice. He crapped the bed. But he said when, when clarifying, when someone followed up and said, can you elaborate on that? Debo said, well, I, I was kind of behind on my workouts. I was, Ziggy, show me the front door. I was behind on my workouts. Uh, I wasn't where I needed to be. Um, they signed me late. I didn't get in there until later. Uh, it's the mailman. Ziggy, off. And, and Ziggy, how many yards did Debo Samuel have in 2022? In the 2022 season. Debo Samuel rushed for 232 yards and had 632 receiving yards for the yeah. San Francisco 49ers. He yeah. averaged 48.6 receiving yards per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ziggy, how many touchdowns did Debo Samuel have in 2022? In his NFL career. No, no, no. Debo Ziggy, has- Ziggy, how many touchdowns did Debo Samuel have in 2022? Pay attention. In the 2022 season. Debo Samuel had three rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns for a total of five. So, not the worst season known to man. You know, 800 plus total yards, five touchdowns with the receptions, you know, in PPR. But Debo crapped the bed. But his words were so careful to say that he got in late. He didn't get to get to his normal routine, which is what I screamed about all offseason long 
saying that if you don't get Debo Samuel in the building and signed early when you're going to sign him anyway, you horrible decision-making head coach. You know, just let's just drag this out. It's a Niner way to sign a guy in, in Ju- July, August versus doing it when we already know we're going to do it and let all these wide receivers sign their extensions to increase the value and the animosity between player that's not going to get that that increase in value because the Niners are just set on a number. And they're just gonna and they're gonna let Debo watch all these players sign, and Debo holds out animosity between player and fan base doesn't work out, doesn't build rapport with Trey in the quarterback room, and now Debo goes out and craps the bed. Whose fault is that? If you're gonna give him the money and sign him anyway, why not give the man Debo, who put his whole career on the line, running the football for you when your whole running back room went down, and Debo stepped up and said, "Coach, I got you." Five, six running backs down, no problem. I'll start for your team as a running back and a wide receiver. Shortened the life of his career and walks into the offseason looking for a payday. And then what do they say? Wait until August. Debo was derailed. His offseason was derailed. I believe that to be true. And I don't blame it on Debo because he knew Shanahan, the Niners, the Niner way knew that they were going to give Debo his extension, but they decided to wait. Instead, they decided to wait to cut Jimmy G until Jimmy G was left on the roster. Point is, Debo could have a better season, but the inconsistency in the quarterback room concerns me enough to say, make sure he's a fourth rounder. Top of four, I'm okay with it. Middle of third, high third, it's more of a cautionary situation if you ask me. I'm not going near that at that territory. Uh, we got we got another super chat in the building. This one's from our boy Johnny Not Bravo, who says you missed the first super chat. Did I really? Let me go back and check. We had a lot of messages roll in. Johnny Not Bravo. Johnny Not Bravo dropping a five dollar hauler, getting a moonshot because of the delay. To the moon. Is what he's gonna be getting? Uh, Johnny says my team is Eckler. Okay, here it is. My team: Eckler, Bijan, Gibbs. Devo- uh, Devontae Smith, Hawkinson, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Lockett, Hollywood Brown, etc. Do I trade Mahomes? Okay, you got Patrick Mahomes. I saw Pat. I, I didn't know if that was... Yeah, Pat Mahomes, Pat M. Okay, put some respect on Pat's name, Pat M. I've never heard him called Pat M in my life. It's Mahomey. It's Mahomes. Do I trade Patrick Mahomes? You already disrespected him. I, I have a feeling this... Tra- I haven't read the trade yet. I have a feeling Johnny Not Bravo, your trade is going to disrespect him. Let's check it out. Do I trade... Mahomes in a second, four Hertz in a first in 2024. That's not disrespectful. That's actually pretty good, bro. Look, I love Mahomes, but I'm I find myself drafting Hertz ahead of him maybe six out of ten times. I do want Mahomes. Like if I'm in a situation where I'm in the middle of round two and I'm going early quarterback, I'm going Mahomes four, four three or four times, or maybe Josh Allen two times. Mahomes maybe four times, and 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 you know I I guess I guess the you could say. Maybe maybe Mahomes, I want to say I go Hurts 5 out of the 10. And, and I split it between Josh Allen and Mahomes on the other side. So so 50% of the time I'm going Jalen Hurts. If I, if I said Mahomes, I'm sorry. Jalen Hurts. So I would make this trade. I would take Hurts in the first rounder and take this team into, into victory land, my guy. I mean, Mahomes has a little more dynasty value, I, I guess you could say. Because he, he potentially may stay healthier than than Hurts, but then again, he runs a lot too, and he's had two pretty significant injuries over the past couple of years, the the dislocated kneecap 
and then and then the injury last year, which hampered him all through the playoffs, but he played through it. He's a machine. I'm probably still going to go with Jalen Hurts. I go Jalen Hurts in the first rounder, and then I try and flip that first rounder into something else. I try and take that first rounder, and I love your team. Your team's fire. Maybe you can take that first rounder and upgrade Cup into a better keeper instead of holding on to Cup for you know what might be one or two years. Maybe you can go in and get a Garrett Wilson using a first rounder. Cup in a first rounder to get Garrett Wilson. And at the end of the day, you're trading Mahomes in a second round pick for Jalen Hurts. And, and you're trading Mahomes, a second rounder, and Cup for Jalen Hurts and Garrett Wilson. And that I'm signing up for all day long. Johnny Not Bravo, appreciate you dropping that super chat. Romario, appreciate you dropping your super chat. And I appreciate you dropping that other super chat, Johnny Not Bravo. Thank you for reminding me. I'm sorry about the delay on that. Josh Jacobs, Jingleheimer Smith has not signed his franchise tag. He's not under contract. He doesn't want to play for the Raiders. The the problem is, um, I don't I don't blame him. Number one, he is pissed off. Him and Adams are both pissed off because they're playing for a piss poor build of a team that they did not sign up for. They said, go reload. The Raiders said, we will. They went and got Jimmy G, traded away Darren Waller, drafted a rookie tight end who we like, but this is not rebuild mode time for these guys. Josh Jacobs is in the twilight of his career. Adams is at the peak, has a year or two left before he starts sailing downhill. And these guys don't have time to wait for Mayer. They don't have time to wait for them to bring another quarterback in to to build rapport with this entire wide receiver room. This is a, a horrible defense. I don't care if they drafted decently. That This is going to be a bad situation. Josh Jacobs wants nothing to do with it. But guess what, Josh? You don't have a choice because you can't hold out. A franchise tag becomes the contract whether he signs ink to paper or not. On July 17, I believe, is the date. Josh Jacobs doesn't have to sign. The franchise tag becomes his contract. And he could hold out if he wants to pay a whole bunch of money, but he won't. So Josh Jacobs is trying to... I believe, initiate some sort of long-term contract because he feels like I could play next year, get hurt, and get nothing. I don't want to be in Las Vegas necessarily playing for this build and this situation, this coach, but if I'm going to, I better get paid the bag. I'd rather be miserable but get two or three years locked up, get my big payday, know that I'm taken care of for the rest of my life play two or three years and work in a place like some of us all have in our, at one point in our lives in a job where you didn't like it, okay? You didn't like it, so you wanted to make a change. Jacobs is, is ready to put in two or three years in a place where he doesn't want to be because he can get the bag. He's trying to initiate a long-term deal to look out for himself even though he doesn't want to be there. He probably hopes he can get traded too, but no one's going to come shopping for an RB that's franchise tagged looking for a big bag. I mean, it's possible, but it's highly unlikely. Jacobs will be suiting up once he eventually comes to terms with this situation. But right now, I don't blame him for not coming to terms. Uh, and, and this Dalvin Cook news here, uh, Nine News is is writing that uh, he's not hearing the Broncos are interested in Dalvin Cook. Not hearing the Broncos are interested in Dalvin Cook. There are some rumors the Dallas Cowboys might be interested. This is all rumor smoke season uh, after effects, okay? There's still smoke in the air from the NFL draft. This is smoke season, still. 
And, and we don't know what the Dallas Cowboys are looking to do. He's not even released yet. They're not trading for him. Dallas isn't trading for Dalvin Cook. If they were going to trade for Dalvin Cook and give up draft capital on top of take on a contract and all that, they, they would have just kept Zeke Elliott. They would have just brought Zeke Elliott back, which they still might do. They're not trading for Dalvin Cook, but if he's released, maybe they look at it. Maybe they kick the tires, but everyone's assuming here, and people are jumping ship on Pollard. That's why last night we did a Panic Chamber episode on Tony Pollard because everybody's panicking on him, and we do a Panic Chamber episode on players that are panicked on, not just because we think they're panicked on, or that we're panicking on the player, when the general population is panicking on a player, we put it out there, we discuss it, and we decide whether to close the door. Last night we said, oh no, we're not closing the door. In fact, we're taking Tony Pollard out. Sometimes I'll say, hey, yeah, Javante Williams, as an example, is, pa- let, me, let me give you an example. Here's an example of Panic Chamber Tuesdays. If you're new and you don't know, let me put Debo in there. Debo Samuel, definitely Panic Chamber material. Yeah, definitely. He had an 800 and something yard season. Ziggy just told us five touchdowns. There's a reason to be panicked. The quarterback situation. Ziggy, shut up. Debo Samuel is in panic mode. We're in panic mode about Debo Samuel. And that doesn't mean that I can't own a player in the panic chamber. It doesn't mean that Tony Pollard couldn't be in the panic chamber. Let's say Dalvin Cook does sign once he's released with the Dallas Cowboys, we'd most certainly put Pollard in the panic chamber. And I can tell you this, we would close the door. If if the Cowboys brought in Dalvin Cook, does that mean we still can't like him inside the panic chamber? The answer is we we still can. Because values can change. And if Tony Pollard is, let's say, looking at a Dalvin Cook acquisition or signing, let's just say it's done deal. He's in Dalvin Cook's in Dallas. We can panic, but because everybody else is going to over over exaggerate the situation, his ADP will fall into the fourth or fifth round. And then even though the doors are closed on this man, if that situation was the case, we'd be scooping him up left and right because his newfound value would be amazing. Example, case in point, is is Kenneth Walker. So Kenneth Walker, let me put this in here, Walker is a panic chamber player. And, And he's since fallen, since being in the panic chamber, we certainly closed the doors on Walker when Charbonnet was drafted. We said, the doors are closed, but... What's the ADP going to look like when the dust settles? And the truth of the matter is, even in a panic chamber environment, Walker's amazing. His new ADP's fantastic. And so, back to the point here, Tony Pollard would be fine in his adjusted ADP if, let's say, Cook did land in Dallas. They franchise tag Tony Pollard for a reason. They're paying him over $10 million this one year to do Tony Pollard things. He's only going to need 215, 220 carries because he could catch 55-plus receptions in Dallas, even with anybody added to the roster. So don't worry about Tony Pollard. We'll adjust and adapt. We'll digest and analyze if any sort of Dalvin Cook situation does unfold. But for right now, if I had to guess, I'd say Miami. Miami's probably still the lead dog candidate for Dalvin Cook walking in 
to the 2023 season. We just don't know. We have to be patient and wait. We can't make assumptions and downgrade Dalvin Cook and players like Dalvin Cook until we know what's going on. Like Javante Williams. Javante Williams. People were about to jump ship on Javante yesterday when this news was kind of sprinkling out there and there's some hints of this. And now this guy from 9 News may be correct, may be wrong. Says that 9, uh, the guy from 9 News says that uh, uh, he's hearing that the Broncos are not, or he's not hearing the Broncos are interested in Dalvin Cook. So anybody that was a knee-jerk reactor yesterday would have just got rid of Javante at what? Pennies on the dollar off of this news. Be careful, be patient, be cautious. The phone lines are open. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Dial into the show. If you want to talk and discuss any of these topics on screen, and uh, your boy here is is here to take care of you. Super chats will be answered. Um, I'll be digging in. Oh, we got a super chat here from Thomas. Uh, uh, Thomas dropping a $10 wad on screen. Thomas, moonshot. Standing moon. ovation because I was late seeing it. Thomas is my guy. Thomas says this. He says, sup, Smitty. Love the show. The show loves you back, Thomas. The show loves the you back. And Thomas says, Dynasty, Superflex, Startup, Tight End Premium. Would you give the 1.12 and next year's first rounder for the 1.3? If not, what's the most you'd give? Appreciate it. Would I give the 1.12 and next year's first for the 1.3? If your team, Thomas, feels like it can't be the number one, number two, or number three overall draft selection next year, you're too good of a team then I I would strongly consider it. But I would love to do this for the 1.2. However, tight end premium, I'd take Kincaid at three. You know, if if, if, it's a super flex. Uh, Actually, no. It's a super flex. So you're probably looking at Bijan, Anthony Richardson. I go Jameer Gibbs. I would do this trade. I would do this trade. I like Kincaid at five, six, seven in a dynasty premium super flex. If it was a one QB tight end premium, I would take Kincaid three. If it went Bijan Gibbs, I would take Kincaid three overall. If it's dynasty premium tight end one QB, because it's super flexing your comment here that puts Anthony Richardson at two, Bijan probably at one. If you should be so lucky and Bijan's there, smile ear to ear. But I don't let the super flex or the tight end premium make me let Gibbs slip past my fingertips and I figure out the other components if I'm needing a quarterback. I'm not going to force, if Anthony Richardson were there, let's say it went, let's just say it went Bijan Kincaid or Bijan Gibbs and Anthony Richardson were there, you smash it in a super flex. You're, you're golden. Do this trade, do it now, do it live, Smitty approved. You've just been Smitty approved. Yeah. The more I look at that, the more it's a smash. I mean, that and a super flex tight end premium, you're set at number three. That's really, really good. I love to do it for two, but you're probably going to get the same guy at number three because my guess is, you know, you're, you're going to get Gibbs. Gibbs is probably a lock. And if it's not, Anthony Richardson's a lock. And that's a great place to be in a super flex. Absolutely love it, Thomas. Nice work, Thomas. Nice work. Phone lines are open. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Was that a was that a startup, not a rookie? Okay, hold on. Let me go back. 
sometimes I'm moving a, a thousand miles per hour here. Thomas, let me look at that again. Let me look at that again. Uh, you're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? What's up, Frank? What can I do for you, pal? Hey, Smitty. Hey, uh, I did a draft, and uh, I wanted to get your opinion on these players that I got. I thought it was a pretty good team that I drafted on the Puppy 2. And uh, so I got uh, Mahomes, Burrow, um, also... Uh, hey, Frank, Frank, Hall, Frank, can you hold on one second? Uh, uh, Frank, hold on what one Hold on one second. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to write this on the board. Let me let me uh, let me relook at Thomas's question real quick, and then I'm going to write yours on the board. I think I may have uh, messed up rookies and vets included in the draft. Okay, so let me re-examine this. Um, I still, I definitely 100% do it. Want like even more so. Dynasty Superflex startup. I'm sorry, I did. I was reading too fast. Dynasty startup. Thank you for clarifying in the chat. Thank you, Thomas, for the additional uh, question to clarify that. 100%, even more so, do I do this trade if it's a startup and not a rookie draft? Because you're getting that quarterback, bro. You're getting that quarterback at 12. You're not guaranteed that quarterback. I give up my future first rounder in a millisecond to guarantee me one of those top four quarterbacks in a heartbeat. Double Smitty. Okay, thank you, Thomas. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, go ahead, Frank. Uh, hit me with your team one more time, bro. Just r- read it off uh, one more time. Okay. All right, sounds good. I got uh, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Those are my QBs. Woo! My running backs, Brees Hall, Isaiah Pacheco, Javante Williams, and then I got P. Ron and McKinnon and Chase uh, Brown. And then here's, here's my wide receivers, Drake London, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, and then I got Scantling, Rashid Shaheed, Tank Dale, Justin Rose, Charlie Jones, and then I got Ty- Travis Kelsey and Irv Smith as my tight end. That was on the Puppy 2 draft that I did. Wow. Okay, so Mahomes, Burrow, Hall, Pacheco, Javante, backups, London, Tony, Kelsey. Who is it? Tank Dell. Yeah. I like that, bro. I like that a lot. That's fantastic. Nice job. Nice job. Uh, you know, make sure to tip your waitresses, your waiters, and your fantasy analysts analysts when you win. You know, your three million dollars or your 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 hundred and fifty grand. Whatever. There's a puppy too. What's the the prize money in the puppy too? The prize money in the puppy too. Puppy two, right? Not poodle two. Puppy two. Yeah, it's a puppy two. Puppy yeah, pu- two. puppy right. two. The 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 prizes are first place gets one hundred fifty k, second gets seventy five. But what I love is that regular season first place prize as well. 10K, 10K to whoever finishes first in weeks 1 through 14 regular season. That's so fun because I can't tell you how many times I've had a team go like to the, even, 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 even if it's missing the final round or going into the final round and having nobody, you know, like, especially in basketball, I I had that in the, in the, in the fantasy basketball uh, playoff uh, tournament where on underdog you draft and I drafted well before the season, two months before, or before the, the postseason, two months before the postseason, I drafted my team. I had, I bet you I had a top 1% team guaranteed. And it just so happened because I drafted so early and I got so many steals because the playoffs weren't, you know, mapped out yet. LeBron was supposed to be out of the playoffs. I drafted LeBron really late and it just sucked that I didn't have, there was not much that you earn or gain by having the best team out of everybody that that falls short, you know, in terms of the, the the final process and the final rounds, I love the fact that you can actually strategize 
in puppy drafts. And the puppy one, and obviously the puppy one's closed. The puppy two, which is currently open on Underdog Fantasy promo code Smitty, you can actually, and the the link's in the description of the video, you can actually strategize to try and win that 10K prize weeks one through 14. And when you look at a team like this, and you say to yourself, you know, Kelsey, uh, maybe Kelsey worries some people. Maybe he doesn't because he's played so long. You only need Kelsey to roll for 14 games. So like a team like this, I absolutely love. I absolutely love the fact that you're going to roll through, and this is where this double quarterback kind of makes some sense in trying the strategy out. There are going to be people that have a bye week in this weeks 1 through 14, and you're not talking about weeks 15, 16, 17 when everybody's bye week free at that point, right? You're saying that during the bye week situation, when you're going after that 10K prize, you've got Mahomes and Burrow. And I've been doing it probably every one out of every 10 drafts that I do, I grab double quarterbacks like this in a 1QB optimal scoring best ball situation setting. I love it. It's such a fun scenario. What was so crazy about this is that I, that was not my goal originally. And you just let the ball, the what do you call it, the board fall to you. It's kind mm-hmm. of what you talk about. And what was so crazy is that I took I took uh, Patrick Mahomes in my second-round pick. I had the fifth-round pick, and so he fell back to me at the 20th pick, so I took him there. But then what was crazy is I was watching the board. Joe Burrow fell to me in the fifth round in the middle of the draft. Yeah, that's He was the good. fourth ADP, and I got him at the 53rd pick. And for me, it's like he's sitting right there. I'm taking him, and I'll just as I go and draft him. As I kept drafting, I'm like, man, I'm loading up on this. This board just kept yeah. going to me, and you, I'm already Kelsey and Brees Hall and, and it, uh, Drake London as can, well. And I'm like, it can yeah. fall badly for you as well. So, like, this isn't the yeah. easiest thing to pull off. But when, when it happens naturally, you don't go in with the plan of attack to get the double quarterbacks in a single QB format. If you if it happens naturally, roll with it, but do not force it. You know, doesn't shouldn't be your plan of attack. And a lot of times, I have uh, Trevor Lawrence as the alternate quarterback instead of Burrow, let's say, or I Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, or Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence. And sometimes you get away with just a little bit more of an ability to build, you know, one more spot before you dive into the quarterback situation. Because if if Mahomes goes in round two and Burrow goes in, let's say you just get lucky and he falls in round five and you just scoop him up. I've had Trevor Lawrence fall to seven, and I feel like I'm kind of accomplishing the same thing. A little bit poorer version of it, but a very, very good version of it. And and to have Burrow and, and Trevor Lawrence and literally feel like you're not really missing a beat, you know, in, in the other positions is great. So I like it. I nice, agree. nice work. Appreciate it, Vinny. All right, later, bro. Uh, phone lines are open. Dial in if you guys want to uh, discuss anything that we're talking about today on the, in the news or if you just want to – ask a question regarding your team let me hit the chat gibby in is the chosen one says swaggy we love gibby around these neck of the woods he's a phenomenal player he's, he's gonna do it live if you're gonna avoid players based on past injuries then have fun picking between like four players i don't know that that's necessarily true bro there's a there's an art form to it as well been doing this a long time. Been doing this 20 plus years. Not playing fantasy. Been playing fantasy longer than that. I've been doing this a long time. And and uh, uh, I don't know how to say your name. We'll call you Jar. Jar, there, there's, a, there's a rhyme and reason to avoiding an injury riddled player. Like Mike Thomas, for example. There's a, a, a Tua Tagovailoa has an extreme injury concern that is very blatantly obvious. Okay, then you go into like a, a Christian McCaffrey last year. You're you're toting you're toeing the line. You don't know what direction McCaffrey's gonna go because 
They're little injuries. They were nagging injuries. He never suffered that career-ending injury. So there was some of that, like, okay, are you are you going to mess up predicting injury for McCaffrey last year? So there's definitely some 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 ways to fall on the wrong side of that predicting scale, bro. But it's certainly doable. And when someone comes to me and says you can't predict injury, that's the dumbest, laziest take. Not saying you're saying that, Jar. I don't mean that your take's dumb or lazy. But when someone says you cannot predict injury, that is just a dumb, lazy take. Because you can absolutely smell injury coming and play the odds game on it. Are you going to be able to be guaranteed 100% accurate on that kind of stuff? No. Oh, is this Overcome? Overcome dropping five YouTube exclusive memberships. Let's go. Overcome, my guy, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, you're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? Is is this uh, is this Trey Trey? No. Okay, this is just Trey. I, I don't mean to sound yeah. uh, under underwhelmed. Um, you know, maybe you're maybe you're a better version of Trey Trey. This is Trey Sing <laughs> Trey singular Trey singular singular. Okay, Trey. What, yeah, appreciate you. Appreciation's all um, on this side of the fence, pal. What can I do for you? I had I had a kind of a cost of entry kind of question for you. With someone I actually don't hear you speak uh, about all too often, it was a comparison I heard between Gibbs and Aaron Jones saying how both, uh, in terms of receptions, have to do with an elite, a young wide receiver on their team, a solid tight end, also younger, with elite offenses, and then a backup running back who could potentially steal Daniel. some of their uh, goal line touchdown work. And um, I don't know, you go Gibbs, or he's sitting around around three and a half, and I see Costa Entry Aaron Jones, I think it's said around five. Five, you go somewhere in, in the fifth round. I just wanted to think, I don't know what you thought about Aaron so, Jones. So, yeah, so you're saying you're hearing this from other people and you're just wanting to, to discuss it with me. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, no, I just, I thought it was a unique kind of comparison. I never really thought of between Gibbs and Jones there. You know what's so funny about and that? And I, I'm, I don't mean to crap on whoever you heard that from. And, and there, there's some, there's, look, I do that all the time. I compare different things. I'm, I'm not saying this person's wrong or whatever, but, but these are two entirely different situations, you know, to, to, to try and, to try and, you know, link Gibbs's exact situation to Aaron Jones and that they're going to be the same player and that they're both facing, they both got, you know, they've got both got a wide receiver going to potentially pull receptions or what, like I, the whole comparison that you just gave, they're two completely different situations, two completely different players, two completely different offenses with two completely different experience levels at quarterback. There's there's nothing really identical about, in my opinion, Aaron Jones and Gibbs' situation at all. You got St. Brown, who's a veteran wide receiver at this point. He's no young, you know, still learning player. This guy's a, a guy going in the top 12, 13 overall in fantasy football drafts. He's a monster. You got Jamison Williams, who's more likened to what Watson probably feels like to a lot of people. Yeah, he's out for the first six games, but you've got you've got a totally different situation. Um, I would say you got to look at Gibbs the way you believe Gibbs. You, you the way you believe Gibbs. Like you got to look at it from just the perspective of what's his ceiling, what's his upside, and not compare him to anybody else. 
He has got so much potential, home run ability. His team absolutely loves him. He's youthful. He's fresh. He's got fresh legs. He's a, a hybrid wide receiver running back. He's not even a running back wide receiver. He's more of like a wide receiver running back, if you ask me. Very potential, uh, uh, potentially could be the, the number two or you know, number two target on the team. Like, during Jamison Williams' his, his, uh, little hiatus, six-game hiatus, you might have you might have this guy pulling in 65, 70 receptions in 2023 as a rookie. And while I will say Aaron Jones in his prime is maybe a good comparable stat line to expect out of, out of Gibbs, like that I can get behind in some way to say that Aaron Jones was pulling in receptions and touchdowns and absolute amazing wide receiver and dump off option for Aaron Rodgers these situations I, I why can't I have both why does me going after Gibbs make me say or why does going after Aaron Rodgers say replace Gibbs and go after a cheaper version of him why do I need to go after a cheaper version why can't we look at Gibbs and say Gibbs is top 10 overall potential as a rookie and we're getting him at 3.5 to 4.4 why can't we look at that and say that's more win a league avail uh, more win a league capable than getting aaron jones in round five or six and he climbs into where gibbs is getting drafted three or three three and a half you know what i'm saying so yeah i i i, I get it but there's nothing to compare for me they're two entirely different players in entirely different situation. And I hear people do that a lot. Like, they do this thing where they're saying, like, it's kind of trending right now. You see it all over social media. Like, why not go after a cheaper version? The poor man's version of Patrick Mahomes is this guy. It's like, why, why would you want to do that? Like, I want Burrow. I want Hurts. I want Trevor Lawrence. I want a big dog quarterback. I don't want to go bargain shopping for Danny Dimes to get the poor man's version of Josh Allen so that I can beef up another position. You know what I'll do? I'll take Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, better yet, in, fourth, in the fourth round and go get a wide receiver that can be the poor man's version of the wide receiver that you're drafting in round two or three because I'm going quarterback. It's all apples to apples comparison. And I, I talk about this all the time with people. And it, it's just, this is what I struggle with for years and years in the fantasy industry uh, as the only quarterback, early quarterback defender out there in the business on a grand scale. And when you talk about round two, three, four, five, and six, and you talk about, let's say, uh, uh, Jalen Hurts here, and you talk about, uh, so you say Danny Dimes, get Danny Dimes later in rounds, you know, eight or something, and and in that way you can go ahead and get a wide receiver here. Okay, well, what wide receiver? Name a wide receiver in round two that you draft. Amon um, Ra. Okay, so Amon Ra, uh, he's going near the first round though. Give me like a more mid to late, mid to late, because that's where we're going to take Hurts. We're probably not taking Hurts or Amon Ra. Um. Devontae. Okay, perfect example. So I take Hertz here, you take Adams here. Okay? And let's just say you're going quarterback shopping in round seven or eight. Who is sometimes sitting there in round seven? Kadarius Tony. Okay? So I'll take Tony. You can't even read that. I'll take Tony. Who's your quarterback you want? I'll give you any quarterback you want that, that's beyond round six. Round six or seven, throw a quarterback out. Danny Dimes is used as, in a lot of these examples, but he's a little further down. Throw a quarterback mm -hmm. out. Let's go. Let's go, Rogers. 
Rodgers. So are you, do you believe that Rodgers and Adams is as good as Hurts and Kadarius Tony? And if you do, it's okay, but I don't. No. I don't. I'll find the wide receiver that, that ups the ante and gets closer to Adams then you will find a quarterback that is going to get closer to Hertz. That is the apples to apples comparison. That is what I've been fighting uphill battle style for years with people. And they just don't listen. The quarterback pool is so deep, Smitty. So deep that you can find a quarterback, really good quarterback later. So you just wait and then you beef up at other positions. I'll be fine at my wide receiver position. I'll get Dotson. I could go get Dotson in round six or seven. Dotson and, and Hertz, smash. And even if we play this game in round two, or I'm sorry, in round four, and we say, okay, I'll take Joe Burrow in three or four, so we'll put Burrow here, and, and give me a receiver you take in the three, four territory. Any wide receiver. Can be one that I love. I don't Watson. even care. Who? Watson. Okay, so Watson. So I love Watson, too. Watson versus Burrow, and then uh, Jahan Dotson versus uh even if you said trevor lawrence let's say you get trevor lawrence in round six or seven so there's comparables here like i don't hate t law and watson i love both those guys they're moon men but burrow and dotson is a better combination for me i'd rather have burrow and dotson than watson and t law it's apples to apples oranges to oranges very comparable in a worst case scenario it's dead even to me i can always find a dead even scenario or I'm gonna I'm gonna one up you with my two. Yeah, That's yeah. the way it is for me. Exactly. Early quarterback doesn't scare me at all, and it shouldn't scare any of you if you draft the right players. Uh, what Makes else? You, what else you got, Trey? No, that's all I got. I, I, was, I mean, you broke it all down. Appreciate you, Schmitty. You're a legend. Yeah, appreciate you, and don't be afraid to take Aaron Aaron Jones. I didn't mean to crap on Aaron Jones. I just I'm just no, cra- no, no. I'm just kind of crapping I mean, I'm not, I'm not on. I'm just crapping kind of on that, and I hear it a lot where people are like, you can go get the discounted version of them. Why do I want a discounted version? I'm, I'm drinking Prime right now. Why would I go into the yeah. other room, fill it up with half water right now? I've got half of it left. I can just go pop up on another bottle. Why would I want to fill this up with water and water it down? I don't understand the whole concept. The only thing I would say is if someone says, okay, I don't like this player. He's risky. You know, like like if you say, like I say this a lot of the time, why take Devontae Adams in round two when I can get Watson or London in round four and go RB in round two? But that's a whole different yeah. angle. We're talking about a player I'm doubting. And so I want to avoid the risk and I'll get London or Watson in round three or four who I think can outscore Devontae Adams in Las Vegas this year. And anybody can at me all they want. This is a horrible situation. And then I'll go get Brees Hall in round two. Or I'll get Jalen Hurts in round two and get London versus Watson. And let's say, you know, let's say somebody takes Lamar. Lamar's going around four or five. So Lamar and Adams versus my London in three or four and Hurts or Mahomes in round you know, two. I'm fine with that. The difference between what I'm doing and what other people are doing is people are taking a perfectly good breakout candidate like Gibbs that has amazing value in three and a half fourth round territory and telling you to go water it down. You know, that's different to me. I'll definitely do the other side of that. I'll flip the script on that all day long. But if someone says, why take Bijan at number one when you can just get, you know, Josh Jacobs in round three? 
like, like that's it, it doesn't make sense when the player's great. You know, there's no concern here. Gibbs at three and a half to four and a half round value is literally win a league value. You will not see this all offseason long. As the closer we get to August 1, this man's climbing into round two. Just like I told everyone that Bijan would climb into the, the top five when he was at 14, 15, 16. Do you remember the video that I created? I wish I could find it somewhere right now and put it up. I think I could find at least the, the thumbnail of it. I created a video about two, three months ago. I don't even know how long ago. I'm going to scroll through all my videos and try and find it. But it was the win a league draft strategy beyond all win a league draft strategies. Let me cycle through real quickly and find the thumbnail to it. This is the best draft strategy on the planet. And it's no, it's just extinct. It's like a dinosaur. There's no way to huh. do it anymore. In fact, people that come across my videos say, hey, you moron, you can't draft these guys in these rounds you're talking about. And they don't look at the date. They don't realize that everything has changed, you know, since this video posted. But I can't even find, th this is so far, far ago, uh, uh, far back. I'm, I'm trying to find it right here. Uh, player, players, these players, uh, let's see, trying to find it. Best, best draft strategy. Hold on. I'm almost there. I think I'm close to it. I can kind of feel it. Here's the best draft strategy in the entire plant. It used to be in the entire world of fantasy football. And and you can't even sniff it anymore. You can't even sniff it. Where is it? 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 Here. I think it's right here. I can't find it. Let me see. Week 17. Okay, I went way too far back. I went to week 17 waivers. Uh, okay, here we go. Here it is. This wins leagues. This wins leagues. Do you see? I don't know if you can see that graphic right in the in the in the middle there. This wins leagues. Joe Burrow, round number three. Jamar Chase, round number one. Bijan, round number two. Do you do you remember when that was doable? It's cr it's crazy to think about. That that was doable. Yeah, back way back when. Yeah, this is four months ago. Let me put the the clear graphic on screen. I get messages from people about every, I know the comment here about every like couple days. Somebody you know sends a message and says, "You idiot, you can't do this." So this is four months ago. This wins leagues. Joe Burrow in three, and sometimes he falls to four five now. So like that part of it has gotten better. Jamar Chase was going one two three. Uh, Bijan was going. Uh, he was going one, two, three, four. Bijan was going at the tail end of round two. I even forgot when I said 14, 15 overall, he was going at 18, 19, 20. He was going at 20 overall. You could get him in the in the early 20s in the very beginning, four or five months ago. And he climbed all the way to, to number five or at least top five overall. Like the, the this strategy is you can't even touch it anymore. The, the, but there are versions of it like the four horsemen. Let me play this real quick. The Four Horsemen, Drafting Chase in Round 1, Hall in 2, Burrow in 3, London in 4, Try Gibbs in 3, Burrow in 4, Wilson in 2, No Problem. Combinations of these monsters will give your league mates nightmares, especially B. John 1, Alavi 2, Burrow 3, and Gibbs 4. Don't lie, you just made an oopsie in your pants, didn't you? Ride for horses at the same time, the four horsemen. 
Yeah. Uh, so Trey, I guess I had to go. He, ju he jumped. Trey, I appreciate you calling in. Calling anytime, pal. Uh, he got. He. I think he got overwhelmed by the the glory on the screen. But Trey, appreciate you. That four horsemen is is fantastic. And, and honestly, the um, the the four best friends is also a, a different version of that. I tend to go three of these and not all four at the current moment. I tend to go with Joe Burrow or Walker, especially in the four or five territories. Fantastic. And you could even get Joe Burrow in five and Walker in four and kind of do a version of this bad boy right here. Um, Trey Trey has been a member for three months. Kellen Moore, contract year incentives. Eckler, running back one, says Trey Trey. Appreciate you dropping that, Trey Trey. Uh, be a little, be a little cautious of his ripe age of 28 years old. Overcome, appreciate you dropping those those five gifted memberships, my guys. That brand new. Uh, say say word. Dropped a super chat right now. Um, five dollar holler. To the moon. To the moon, you go, pal. Appreciate you. Say word says uh, 16 team keeper snake league. Keep Josh Allen, Diggs, Pollard, or T. Higgins. Drafting from the 15th spot, be kind, Smitty. No, that's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that team, bro. Josh Allen, Diggs, and Pollard. Uh, you take Pollard a little higher than T. Higgins, in my, in my opinion. So I would definitely throw T. Higgins back. You're more likely to draft him back, although you might even get a better player back. But I would definitely keep Pollard, Diggs, and Allen. But if you get time to wait, don't lock it in until the final hour because you never know if something happens to Pollard's value with like a, da a Dalvin Cook signing and we can digest that when it happens. But easy call for me. Drafting from the 15, 15, uh, 15 spot, 16 team keeper. Why would I be hard on that, say word? In a 16 team keeper league, like 16 owners, that's crazy to have... Josh Allen, Diggs, and Pollard. That's a phenomenal team. But I definitely would keep the balance of, of that because you're also going to find, you know, you're picking 15 spots. You might not see a running back or I don't even know how it's going to go, but at least you got a good balance. You can go any direction you want at that at that uh, 15 spot because you'll be covered. You'll have such flexibility, say word, to do whatever best player available dictates because you will have one wide receiver, one quarterback, one of the best duos in the in the game, and you know Tony Pollard, an exciting top five to ten running back. You'll get to do whatever your heart desires at fifteen if you go with the balanced approach, one hundred percent easy. Oh, keep one. You say keep one. Uh, okay, keep one. Keeper, keep league. Okay, I didn't see keep keep one. I thought you're saying keep Josh Allen, Diggs, Pollard, or Higgins. If you can only keep one, I probably would let quarterback slide. And I'd probably go Diggs. He's the highest drafted player. Pollard is somebody you could even potentially get back if you wanted. I would go Diggs. Man, I thought you could keep all three of those, but still fantastic. Diggs is a top 12 overall player. Keeper's different than Dynasty, too. Like, Diggs might have less value in Dynasty because... He may not have like, you know, handful of years left, but when you got one to two years left in a keeper, you're fine because you're going to draft other people that, that are going to compete for your keeper slot, given you only have one. So very, very solid. Uh, very solid. I'd probably throw, unless your quarterbacks fly off the board, I guess I'd want to know that answer to that question. If quarterbacks like go really, really high 
And I don't see that he says super flex. So obviously if it's super flex, you can keep Allen in a, in a millisecond. But he doesn't say super flex here. I guess I'd be tempted to go Allen if you said it six points per TD pass. Let's say you didn't give me that information. Let's say it's six points per TD pass and quarterbacks fly off the board. Then I, I'd be tempted to go Allen in that scenario. Uh, a few people in here like Allen. I, I don't mind that. But I think you draft you draft Diggs ahead of Allen in a redraft. So, you know, it's a keeper format. But yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm keeping Allen too. I'm agreeing with everybody in the chat that's saying Allen. Because the fact that, like, this is going to be a guy you can keep every single year. You can, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna falter. You're not gonna fail. You're not gonna be like, oh, you know, you keep Pollard or you keep Diggs, and then the next year they're not what they, they you know, they advertise to be, and then you're kind of stuck and you end up having a bad year. Like you're gonna be good to go every year. And to be honest, you know, Diggs might be even in a one year at a time keeper format, still be top 15. Allen's right there. You know, you're taking Allen in like the top 14, top 15 overall in a keeper format. You're keeping him in the top 12 in a dynasty. I would say, yeah, I would say I switched to, to Josh Allen. I, I agree. I agree with anybody that said that. I agree. Uh, voicemail, Smitty. Okay, let me get to the voicemails. Guys, if you want to be a, a daily voicemail lever, go to Instagram, The Fantasy Football Show. Go to my profile. Hit the subscribe button for $4.99 a month. Just a mere half a cup of coffee. You can be in the voicemail team and leave me daily voicemails. Daily voicemails. This one is from Tristan. I traded away Wilson for Pickens, a future first, and Romeo Dobbs. Do I take a lap? You traded away what? I traded away Wilson for Pickens, a future first, and Romeo Dobbs. Do I take a lap? I, yeah, I don't know that I would have done that trade. I mean, maybe you could give me some context that changes my my lean a little bit. Um, like if you if you said to me this is the number one overall pick, like then you start swaying me a little bit to be like, okay, I understand why you might have done it. You know, maybe you take a half a lap or whatever. But the fact that like, I mean, I. I I don't know, bro. Garrett Wilson's the man. Why would you do? Why would you do that, Tristan? You know all the Garrett Wilson content I have. Tell me you did that at least after my video today. That probably broke your heart to watch, Tristan. That video today probably just broke your heart, your little heart to watch. Here's Tristan right now. Tristan, you're live. Tell me you did the trade after my Garrett Wilson video at least. Hello. What? Tell me you made that trade at least after my Garrett Wilson or before my Garrett Wilson video. I'm sorry. That's exactly, that's exactly the first thing I was going to tell you, Smitty. And, like, I saw your video, and then I was like, I was already, I was already like, really didn't feel great about it before I saw the video. And then I saw the video and really didn't feel great about it. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, why'd you do that? I was, look, I was, well, I was going to ask you, man, kind of just, if you want to, can you talk on, like, when you're, when you're trying to, like, 
when you can't compete, you know, in the next year and you're trying to basically you're trying to rebuild a team. I mean, does it just boil down to you gotta you gotta sell these things these kind of guys for just way too much or just hold on to them? But the thing is, he's such a young kid. Like he's got he's got a you know decade in front of him. Yeah. You know, so like you, you, I, I agree, selling like a a potential, like even Christian like Christian McCaffrey. I'm trying to think of a running back like that's already played you know number of years already. Like Javante, for example. Like Javante. You know, how many years can you wait to rebuild and then he's done? You know, like running back specifically with, with two or three years already played and maybe they're still in yeah. their prime. Jacobs, I want nothing to do with him in a keeper dynasty format. Um, even though some would say, hey, he's still a young guy. He's 20, was he 25? He's still got a lot of years left. Well, does he? He has two years left and then we start worrying about him and then 28's that drop-off year. So, but but like, you know, where's this pick going to be? And be honest, don't don't just say it's top th- one or two. But like, is it is it got a shot at being a top three pick or a top one pick? No. Uh, well, I commend your honesty. You could have come in here and said, "Yeah, it's the one overall." <laughs> but, no, it's, it's crazy because I felt like I felt decent about it, like when I sent it, and then like oof. two days later, I was like, "Man, that doesn't look so good." No. And that, the thing is. The thing is, he didn't have much else I, w- I could have really wanted. I mean, he had, like, some young running backs. But, like, if I'm really looking to be decent in two or three years, I don't even – I don't know that, like – Bro, you could you, you could be getting – I mean, how do you feel about Quentin Johnston right now? Like, he's okay, but, I, like – I don't love him. Yeah, that, that's what you're – that's like, what you could be getting. That's what you could be getting. Romeo Dobbs, Quentin Johnston now. And, and what was the other part? Um, Pickens. And, um, I mean, I, I like first. I got a first. I got a first Dobbs and Pickens. This the only way this could work out for you is if you get the like the one overall pick, you know, or you get the two. Like, there's gonna be a running back that we love, you know. There, there are already a handful that I love, and we talked about all the time. But like, there will be one will separate, and we'll do, we'll save that for another show because that's a fun topic. One will separate, and you got Marvin Harrison Jr. So if you get a top two pick and you get Pickens, then now you're talking about like later on this story could be told differently. And maybe we're like, hey, you know, if we reflected back on it. I remember I was really upset at that. I, that's a pretty good trade, actually. Like that could happen. But I'm going to be honest with you. I would never, ever, ever ma- have made that trade. And, and I feel like you should, like even before my video this morning, you should have probably known because he was, he look at, l- let me show you something, Tristan. There are, f- there are what, seven guys? Hold on, Mars hold on. Man. He's on the Mars men list for a reason. These guys are I'm like. Dropping and I mean, aimlessly in space. I look at every guy on this list. Jameer Gibbs, top five to ten potential running back. Brees Hall, top five potential running back. Garrett Wilson, top one to five potential wide receiver. Jamar Chase, obviously top one to three wide receiver. Bijan Robinson, top one to three running back. Joe Burrow, top one to four quarterback. Chris Olave, top five wide receiver. This is the best Mars. I can't think of a better group of guys than these these seven right here. These seven guys look fantastic. These are untouchables. These are essentially untouchables. And if you trade them away, someone should have given you three first rounders for and Pickens. That's the only way I would have traded. I wouldn't have traded them for two first rounders and Pickens. I wouldn't have done it. I get I get I get so irritated with people not wanting to give you what 
the value is yeah, and then i get impatient it. and here yeah you can't do it you know what you have in front of you though the text line what? tristan oh, the text line all you had to do is I'm drop not. a voice <laughs> all you do is drop a voicemail on here and 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 you know even added me and said, you know, even if it's something urgent, say like Smitty, uh, if you make sure you, if you can't get to it, you can you respond to it at least or something like if it's something like time sensitive, like anybody that wants yeah. to drop a voicemail for me on the daily, every single day, you can drop two in a row, three in a row. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to four of your messages in a row on the daily voicemail line just by going to Instagram, The Fantasy Football Show, hit subscribe. It's $4.99 a month on Instagram, safe and secure, cancel through Instagram. Uh, $4.99 a month. Tristan, you had access to this. You should have dropped a message. You know it was a questionable thing. Aren't you even on the text line? I am on the text line. Yeah, and, I, and I think maybe I was almost afraid you were going to tell me what I already knew. Yeah, you didn't want me but to I'm say. Just so, I'm so sick of like this, this. I've been struggling to get a trade. And yeah, I just I got impatient. Yeah. Well, you, you can recover from it. You know, just make sure. Just make sure you don't like go in a, a, a wrong direction again to try and make up for that, you know. But you, what, you know, if you turn that exact deal into a lave, I'd actually, I, you know, I'd say you you barely got a bump down, like because a lave could be the same player. I like Garrett Wilson more. He's Garrett Wilson's one to five. A lave is more like four to seven, but there's a little overlap there because because Garrett Wilson's one to five. So like, could is there a world where a lave is going to outscore Garrett Wilson? Maybe on. Alave's best foot forward, Garrett Wilson's stutter step, you know, but good season, they could cross paths, you know, and be right there ranked together. So, like, if you were to go out and maybe turn this into Alave, I'd I'd be a little bit more excited that you, you rebounded, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe I can try to trade this first into a, a team that looks like it'll have a better first. I actually have Alave on this team, but like I said, maybe I can – while the season's young, I can tra- maybe try to get this first to be a top five first at least, yeah. you know, prospectively. I, I hate to do it, but he got you, pal. Got him. <laughs> I hate hitting that for my own people, too. I hate doing that. When, no, when you're, you're, no, he's not even do. a part of this show, and he got you. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you're taking it like a, a, a man, a good sport. And uh, I know you'll bounce back, bro. It is, it is what it is. Uh, like Max said, all you gotta do is all you gotta do is fleece one other person to bounce back. All you gotta do is fleece one other guy. But like you got that. you got a voice. I like that, I like got, that mentality. Yeah, you got a voicemail line that can help you do that. So drop a drop a voicemail. Ooh, yeah, that one that that one was tough. Um, <laughs> d- definitely like after all the Garrett Wilson work I've been putting in over the off season. I, I wish that video would have come out a day before for you, but you know you already yeah, knew, me too, man. You, you already knew it. Me it was too, just a man. reminder. I know. You know, because I've been saying the same. I mean, I, I really just regurgitating a little bit more aggressively what I've been saying all offseason long. Garrett Wilson's a top five wide receiver. Now I'm just saying Garrett Wilson's a top one to five wide receiver. It's the same thing. Yeah. All right, bro. Um, Anything else? Yeah, I wanted to ask something else. What's how? I feel like your opinion on Rich Anthony Richardson has evolved a little bit in the off season. 
especially compared to how you feel about him compared to Bryce Young. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you, you just, you just, okay. You just feeling him a little more. I mean, yeah, it has. I think you're right. Like, I think sometimes I talk about Bryce Young from a like quarterback perspective too, and then I get caught up in that, and maybe I'm not clarifying. Like Bryce Young's ability to process is is hands down the best in this class, and he's. I bet you if you you lumped him into all the quarterbacks in the entire National Football League, he'd be a top ten, top eight mind. Like his processing ability on the fly is like you know who Harry Mack is. Like Harry Mack's ability, he's a, a, a impromptu rapper, and he just you know you throw out words at him, you say you know prime, and he says, I you know I you know just goes off you know and, and just does some amazing rap yeah. throwing in the words you're just tossing at him. He's just, impromptu is amazing. That's how that's how Bryce Young's on the field. He can process when stuff's moving around impromptu style like nobody. So he's got the ability to be the best quarterback in the class. But in terms of his mind, his mechanics, the only negative is his size. And I don't know that it'll hold him back, but like, you know, there's some concern, obviously. With Richardson, it's like the complete opposite. And I don't think he's a dumb kid. I don't think he's not able to process. I don't think he's going to... All I hear are very positive, you know, things about interviews. Like, he's a really smart kid. He's very hardworking. He's humble. His desire to learn and get better... And, you know, we, we, we drew up a play. He didn't know what it was on the board, the coverage. He had no idea, but he, he like, learned it. And and I forget who said this, but they basically said, here's a coverage. Do you know this NFL coverage? And he said no. And, and the guy interviewing him, I forget where it was. I think it was on ESPN. The guy interviewing at first was like, he should know this, you know. The, the fact that he doesn't know this is a little alarming. And he wrote up the whole board. And he said, do you think you could repeat that for me? He redrew the entire... Uh, play both sides of the football arrows going exactly the way that he drew them just identical so like the the fact that yeah. he learned it on the fly like that and he's got the ability to right. do that compute it and and retain it and learn from it was like super impressive to everybody that heard it watched it talked about it so like i i really think anthony richardson even though he's kind of green and and you could say that he doesn't have a big college resume. You haven't seen him throw the football like we've seen other quarterbacks throw the football. Feels a little Trey Lance like. It's not. It's not the same thing at all because this team believes in him, unlike Trey Lance and the Niners. This team's gonna run him out there right away. He's gonna learn, make mistakes, grow as a rookie. But in the meantime, he's running for ten touchdowns. So like, it's easy to say that. Yeah, maybe my opinion's evolving a little bit, but I've always liked him. Him him and Bryce Young are the only two fantasy football options to me from a redraft perspective. And even Bryce Young's more of a, I don't know that I'd touch him until the you know midseason and beyond. Like, I don't think Bryce Young's going to be cranking out fantasy numbers. I mean, he could, but I, I'm not going to count on him cranking out fantasy numbers right away. Whereas Anthony Richardson, we're drafting as a top 10 to 12 quarterback. Even if we're drafting an Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr after him, and then starting that Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr at first because we love the potential of Anthony Richardson on the ground. And if he does start throwing good passes and looking good, and he looks good, he can throw a 70-yard missile just with ease. He's got one of the best arms in the NFL already. You know, and it's a very similar painting that I'm that we're painting a picture about Anthony Richardson that I did specifically, but some did about Josh Allen. Josh Allen big arm. Josh Allen walked into the NFL with the third or fourth strongest arm 
right out of the gate. And that was an asset that you had to consider if you believed in his other traits and abilities. And I did. And and he was an amazing scrambler. He had the best arm in the NFL. And what I said to myself and what I said to people that asked me and, and, and definitely you know wrote about it in my thefantasyfootballshow.com, I have bold predictions every year on that site I have for 20 years. And, and in that prediction and all the stuff that I talked about with Josh Allen was that you give me one of the best running quarterbacks in the National Football League, and he has one of the best untapped arms in the National Football League. He's both the top four running quarterback. He's both He's got a top four arm. Not accuracy yet, but arm, cannon, ability, untapped potential, a weapon on his arm. That, to me, spelled glory. Top four arm, top four running ability. All you got to do is tweak it to perfection, and Dable did it. Dable did it, and it's it's it it was amazing. And I feel like you're you're putting uh you're putting the same guy that cultivated Jalen Hurts into what Jalen Hurts just became in Indianapolis to cultivate Anthony Richardson. He's going to use the same blueprint, and he's got the same kind of putty to work with. A guy that's a specimen of a runner. Jalen Hurts was a specimen of a runner. And Jalen Hurts is not as big a guy as people think. He looks really big, but Fields is much bigger than Jalen Hurts. Fields is like 6'3". Jalen Hurts is like 6'1", 6'2". Like there's, a, there's about an inch and a half, two inch difference between the two and a little bit of weight too. Anthony Richardson is like a, a bear out on the field. And I, 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 it's going to be so fun to watch him try and get tackled and hit by, by you know, smaller players that aren't considered to be the biggest, you know, men in the NFL. This is going to be interesting to watch him manhandle a cornerback when he's breaking off a long run and there's nothing between him and the in the goal line but a, a safety or a, a small cornerback. I mean, he's got a barrel right over him. This guy's amazing. He can do backflips at his size, which is just crazy. The equivalent of, I would say, that uh, that basketball player that's going number one overall, like just the, the, and I had Ryan Hollins on the show to talk about him. Uh, uh, Wemby, Wemby is like just out of this world, talented, athletic for his size, like something we've never seen before. Wemby is, I believe, he's seven foot five. He plays. Like Kevin Durant at seven foot five, he dribbles like better than Kevin Durant. He dribbles like an actual like a point guard. It's unbelievable. His shot's amazing, and I feel the same way about Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson and Wemby physically are on the same level of of being something that the sport has never seen. Either sport, never, never seen a player with Anthony Richardson's ability, skill, talent, raw talent. And it's just got to come together. It's got to be tweaked. And you got a guy that just did it with Jalen Hurts, brought over to head coach the Indianapolis Colts, stike in him and, 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 and put this kid in motion in the same way he did Jalen Hurts. I'm excited for that. It'd be different if he didn't have the right coach there. But, bro, he's got the right coach that just did it with Jalen Hurts. You know what I mean? So a lot has developed and evolved. You got to adjust and adapt. And, and every day, Anthony Richardson becomes more exciting. Uh, Tristan, hang tight real quick. Uh, TJ, what's up? You're live. What's up, Smitty? What's up, pal? Um, I know you like. I got a dynasty trade for you. Uh, I know you like Tank Dell, right? Moon Man. I don't like Tank Dell. I love Tank Dell. You love? Him? Yeah. Yes. 
So I was wondering, um, you think I should trade Gabe Davis and KJ Osborne for Tank Dell, Luke Musgrave, and a future third? In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. I'd do it all for Tank okay. Dell. Okay, just for Tank Dell. Okay. Yeah, and the fact that you're getting Musgrave, who I absolutely love as well. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Musgrave, I, I haven't talked about Musgrave a lot either, so let's let's talk about that real quickly. But I'll say, Luke Musgrave, um, let me put him on screen. He's a big boy. Uh, I, let me get his exact stats. Uh, Luke Musgrave. Let me let me get his exact stats because I don't want to misquote him. He is. Um, yeah. He's six foot six, two hundred fifty three pounds, and and I and I really think that he's got a shot at being the number one. I mean, he already does. He's taken first team reps already. Let me let me put that news report on here. So Luke Musgrave is six foot six, two hundred fifty three pounds. Everybody pay attention because this is a rookie uh, tight end, another one that might end up thriving in his rookie year. When he shouldn't, but but the the thing I said in the early off season, and I stand by it in in terms of like, you know, historically what what we might see in the future and what we're seeing right here, uh, it, that it might not repeat, is that usually rookie tight ends don't fall into ideal situations across the board. Musgrave, six foot six, two fifty three, falls into a place where there's volatility at the at the wide receiver two position. I like Reed a lot, this incoming rookie wide receiver. He's got a lot of potential, uh, Jalen Reed. But Musgrave and Reed are both going to be thrusted into an over-saturated uh, environment of targets because you've got Jordan Love probably going to throw way more footballs than, than Watson can possibly consume. And they're going to be down in the third and the fourth quarter while Green Bay doesn't quite, I think, bring it like you, you, you would want to, but they're going to be competitive and look good enough that they're going to be throwing the ball like like mad dogs in the third and fourth quarter. So you got Musgrave scooping up all kinds of targets that normally rookie tight ends won't see. You've got Watson. This is why Watson is such a breakout to me. You have people saying, oh, I don't like Jordan Love. you got to like Jordan Love enough to say that he's going to be competent like maybe he doesn't win games. Maybe the the Green Bay Packers don't even sniff a playoff game, but they're he's competent enough that Watson's gonna be force fed, and and because there's not enough experienced wide receivers and pass catchers in Green Bay on an offense that's gonna be down in the third and fourth quarter a ton, and maybe competitively down. That that Watson Watson's gonna get fed so many targets. Musgrave, who's taking. First team reps already is is arguably my favorite tight end to grab in best ball underdog fantasy promo code Smitty where underdog matches up to one hundred dollars in your first deposit. He's arguably my favorite second tight end to, to grab. Like when you 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 grab let's say Cole Komet if you want to go a little risky tight end one or you grab let's say a Waller who's a fantastic like I don't know he falls in the seventh and eighth round sometimes I grab Waller. And then I wait a long time. And on Underdog Fantasy, promo code Smitty, guess who's always there in round 17 and 18 at the very end of the draft? Luke Musgrave. I can wait. I don't have to think about tight end two or tight end three if you want to grab three tight ends. 
I just literally grabbed this guy, Luke Musgrave, because he's going to be force-fed and brought along quicker than he should be as a rookie because of the lack of, of, of potential pass catchers in Green Bay. I like him a lot. He's six foot six, two 253 pounds. Big target. Jordan Love's going to love him. It's going to be great. So smash that trade, bro. Smitty approved. Just been yeah, are, are you worried about uh, Tucker Craft, the other tight end they drafted at all, or he's just another guy? Yeah, he's just a guy, bro. He's he didn't. I don't think he's, he's even. Yeah, I don't think anybody went to his birthday party. I don't think any. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's he's like Bo Callahan at this point. You he's know, like, o- okay, yeah. overhyped. Don't worry about it. I mean, look, could Craft be? Why is Craft giving up and surrendering first team reps? You know, and I don't know the, right. the all the details behind this. Let me let me read real quick. Maybe Kraft is on the on the on the mend or something. I don't know. I'm looking at it. Uh, should get a chance right away to be the number one tight end. That was athletic talking about it in, on May 5th. 30 days, almost 30 days later, he's taking first team reps. So on May 5th, uh, over about a month ago, or mm-hmm. over a month ago, this guy was. Maybe he gets a chance to be the number one tight end right away. 30 days later, first team reps. End of story. Say bye-bye to Kraft. Kraft needs to work on his craft because he's getting his job yanked right from under his feet. Uh, Hang tight, gentlemen. We're going over to Cortez. Cortez, you're live. What's up, Smitty? Yeah, what's up, pal? Doing all right? You're good. You're you're good. You're live. Doing it live. All right, bro. So... So let me, uh, so we're, we're uh, touching the topic with uh, the Packers and all that. So um, so I remember back in the day, we talked back uh, about my dynasty team, and we went over some of my receivers, and you told me to try to get Watson or London or one of those guys. And I ended up getting uh, Watson, and I traded away Terry McLaurin and a third-round pick for next year. What do you think about that trade? You trade away my boy Christian Watson for Terry McLaurin. No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. I traded away Terry McLaurin oh. in the third round pick for Watson. Yeah, you. I mean, you smashed because where's Terry McLaurin getting drafted in redraft? I'm talking dynasty. McLaurin's got yes. less dynasty value than he does redraft value because he's older. He's what is he? 28 years old? Is he 28? I think I think he's 28. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah, not saying he can't have two more really good years left, but that is in dynasty, a different, you know, monster. So right now Watson, Watson crushes him in redraft value. So he obviously crushes him in, in dynasty value. McLaurin's a sixth, seventh round pick, maybe fifth, sixth round depends on where you're at, what ADP you're looking at, like ESPN grandmas, your GMAs, who knows what they're doing. But I know that on underdog, we're, we're, we're seeing him go higher than Dotson. I like Dotson better. I know some people disagree with that. That's fine. That's why we play the game. But Watson's a three and a half to four and a half round pick. He's going right around like forty overall, and 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 yeah. so you smashed it. You smashed it. And maybe Watson thing, doesn't work out, but I'm taking that chance. Yeah, I mean, like the season that he had, you know, last year, you know, with all those touchdowns and stuff. But I mean, overall, I mean, he just looked really good. You know, running those routes, and I mean, I know he was kind of rusty at the beginning, but dude, like, stood out tremendously at the end of the season. So I'm, I'm excited for the team now. Now, do you like, um, do you like Watson more than London? Uh, they're very close to me. I, I kind of like London better on paper, 
but I don't love his situation as much, even though I like his situation, but his situation is baked into the value. If London was catching footballs from Aaron Rodgers, like if, if let's say Aaron Rodgers just, just for shits and giggles went to Atlanta instead of going to, to the Jets, we would be talking about London being a top 14 overall player. But yeah, I agree. not to rip on Ritter, not to try and condone any of the, the dumb, lazy negativity and hateful comments toward Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons being a good offense next year because people don't know what they're talking about when they keep continue to peddle that out there. When Algier was 4.9 yard per carry material last year and, and, and London was catching 1,300 plus yards prorated on the five games that London and Ritter played together. People are lazy with trying to, to put all this together. But still, yeah. he's in a situation where the touchdowns probably won't be plentiful. He could get five or six or seven touchdowns. I'm not expecting double digits out of London. But if London were handed, handed Aaron Rodgers, it would be a very, very different situation. And Garrett Wilson, let's yeah. say, had Hackett still in, in Hackett's in New York, by the way. If anybody forgot, it makes me want to vomit. Hackett's in New York. Let's say they missed on getting Aaron Rodgers and they brought in Jimmy G. I would be so down on, on Wilson and I, and Tristan would be uh, you know, actually making a good move at that point. I'd be banging my head against the desk over and over because Hackett's going to just ruin him for a year. I'm not saying Garrett Wilson wouldn't bounce back and have a good year, but Hackett would ruin him. He'd be very inconsistent. Situation is king. And situation is very important. It can derail a player's value. It can derail my opinion on the player. And if we just simplify this and say, instead of talking Aaron Rodgers, let's just say London went to Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers fast-tracked London a little bit like he did Christian Watson. Got a year with them. Made them really, really good. And London was looking at Jordan Love. I'd have London in my top 15 overall. But London yeah, has I... Ritter. Watson has Love. And and Watson's the the clear safer target hog with very little but Aaron Jones potentially to to take away some but how much can he take away? He can only take away so much as an RB. He's not going to catch. I don't think Aaron Jones is catching a hundred balls or anything crazy like that. I think he could catch you know sixty I mean, passes. But I, I I do think that Watson, given what we've seen, is a mini Debo Samuel. And he's going to run for 150, 200 yards. He's going to run for two touchdowns at least. And he's going to pull in probably seven touchdowns in the air, six, seven, and get you 10 total touchdowns. And probably, I would say, 1,500 total yards minimum. That's a great year. Yeah, and not to mention, not to mention, bro, that, you know, 180 targets have been vacated by Lazard, Tunyon, and Cobb. You know, and I, I think people kind of forget that, you know, and – so I, I think I think Watson's gonna go. He's gonna go nuclear. But you know another Watson's thing, bro. That uh, I was listening to your B. John uh, video, which it was great. But you know, there's one thing that you didn't touch. See, I'm a Falcon fan, and um, a lot of people tend to forget, bro. Like, look what Adrian. I mean, not Adrian Peterson. Look what Cordell Patterson did, bro. Whenever he got the job as a 30, 31 year old back, the dude was like a top ten RB. Yeah. You know, two years ago, and and then you, you see what the fifth round Algier did, which he had, you know, his profile was, was not so great in college at BYU. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't no, you know, no freaking Bijan. 
And I completely agree, bro. Like, Bijan, number one overall, like, hands down, bro. Like, bro, he if looks we were the able part, to get yeah. 4.9 yards per carry with a with a Algier type of guy, I mean, the dude is a small back. He's not a big, you know, a dude is like 5'9 or 5'10, like 200 pounds. I can only imagine what Bijan's yeah. going to do. I mean, That's you add, you add Kyle, you add Kyle Pitts, you give Ritter an entire offseason <clears> to work as the starter. The list goes on and on and on. You like you literally had excited, Ritter, bro. you literally had, literally had Ritter go in there unprepared for five weeks, and Algier rushed for four point nine a carry. You had no Kyle Pitts. Even when Kyle Pitts is in there, Mariota didn't throw it to him. You guys beat the Niners. You you were in close games almost every single week. Even when you lost, it was like within, I think Double uh, A broke this down. It was like within like three or seven points, like almost every game it seemed. You guys were in close battles. And like you said about Cordero, not only was Cordero just good on the ground, period, you were always near the end zone. You were always he was always there ready to score a touchdown, always on the five, six, seven yard line, two yard line, three yard line. Bijan Robinson could lead the NFL. He could have the triple crown. He could have he could have the most yards, the most attempts, and the most rushing touchdowns. He could have the the rushing yeah. triple crown. It wouldn't shock me at I all. He's gonna win that. Hey, hang tight, uh, uh, Garrett. Hang tight, Gary and Ian. Are you still here? I want to make sure I answer your super chats right here. Garrett and Ian, please speak up if you're still here. I'm sorry about the delay. Delay here. Uh, uh, Gary says, "Are you still higher on Hopkins than Tony in Dynasty? Am I still higher? I don't think I was high. Well, maybe I was at one point. That that could be accurate. You may have asked this a while ago. I I would say." I mean, actually, this is pretty close because the odds of Tony busting just this year are great. The odds of him exploding this year feel the same. It's weird. He feels he feels like a great bust and a great great upside guy. Like he's fifty fifty. That's probably what it is. You're feeling fifty percent. This guy's gonna explode fifty percent. He's gonna bust. So like Hopkins, is there a world where Hopkins plays elite longer than Tony? Yeah. That could happen. Hopkins could have two years left, maybe. I would really look at it as one year at a time, to be honest, with Hopkins. But I take Tony. If it's Dynasty, I roll the dice that Tony becomes something special under Andy Reid and Veach, who knows how to identify talent like any GM, like no GM in the NFL. And and Veach loves him. And when Veach loves him, I listen. Even though Veach was wrong about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, even though Veach has been wrong before, we're all wrong. Veach has got, he's a mind, he's a hes a, a talented scout, and he knows what he's doing, and he identified Tony, he wants Tony, he says, Tony, the sky's the limit, and I believe him, and, and Hopkins, I just, I would take the chance on Tony, I would take the chance, and then this other one could, or let's see, Couch has Kraft over Musgrave, 15 rookies to address thoughts, uh, I, I, I mean, I have Musgrave, uh, way over like he's working with the first team you know what i mean gary there's just no competition craft can craft can suck it at this point it is it is gonna be the the musgrave show so i i don't i i wouldn't even draft craft craft is not on my radar to even draft i barely know he's in the league it's this is musgrave season it's musgrave's team he's running with the ones already 30 days ago they said he could you know compete for the starting job he's already running with the ones in otas so it's, in my opinion, a closed, closed, uh, a closed book, closed, uh, you know, closed case. Smitty, good show, but only been playing fantasy football for two years. Where do you suggest I draft a tight end like Waller 
in 12-team PPR seems like there are only like five good tight ends. The, the tight ends are actually pretty deep. Um, I would say this. Let me go on, to, on the underdog fantasy ADP data and take a look at where Waller is getting drafted. Darren Waller is a steal. He's 81 overall. He's going as tight end 7. 81 overall is crazy good value. If I take a look at, at a draft right now that I'm in, I, and I and I look at where he's gone. Let me let me see where Waller went in this random draft right now. Probably on my team, to be honest. Okay, let me see. Waller went at number eighty-eight overall. What did I just say his ADP was, guys? What did I just say his ADP 81. was? 81. 81. So, 81. So he went eighty-eight. He went seven spots after his ADP in the eighth round. Who's in the eighth round? Quentin Johnston, Michael Thomas, James Conner, Charbonnet, who I love in that territory. I like him later, but but like I love Charbonnet near the nine round territory. He Charbonnet's got an ADP of about 104 to 110, so be careful not to take him too early. But I love Charbonnet in like 98, 9900. Uh, James Cook, I'd rather have Waller over James Cook. I'd rather have Waller over Sutton and. And Samaji P. Ryan and Juju Smith Schuster and Traylon Burks. You can like Burks if you want. I'd rather take Waller. Burks is going around 7 8, and I'd rather take Waller. Cam Akers is going around 7. I'd rather take Waller. Um, would I rather have Brandon Cooks? No, I'd rather have Waller. Rashad White, I'm sorry, Rashad. You know I love you. You're my boy, Blue, but you play for the Bucks and you have garbage quarterbacks. I'd rather have Waller. Waller can win you a league. He can't lose you a league in round eight, but he can win you a league in round eight. And to answer the question, Ian, which is such a good question, there are a lot of great tight ends to go after in 2023. There aren't just five of them. There are a lot of good ones to go after. You just got to be smart about how you do it. If we look at the ADP ranking, let me put the ADP ranking on the screen here, and we can go over it real quickly and talk about where I would draft some of these guys and, and why I like some of them and how I would draft them and what, what it means to draft them and what you should do to try and safeguard yourself uh, from one of them busting. So we look at Travis Kelsey. He's going number six overall. That's early court, early tight end. I usually don't do that, but you can definitely win. You can win 100,000 different ways. Uh, Mark Andrews, too, too rich for my blood. I'm not going to take him in the third round. There are too many good third-round players I just like better, and I quietly like Waller near as much as Andrews at the cost of entry. It just makes sense. Goddard, love him a little more at cost of entry. Kyle Pitts is falling and falling and falling. Wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Pitts fell into the seventh round after the ADP settles off of the news that he's still rehabbing his knee and everybody's a little concerned. So definitely love Kyle Pitts if he drops into the 70s. He's right now at 66 point one. I bet you he's got a 68, 69, 71 overall ADP very soon. I wouldn't be surprised if Goddard climbed above him on the next update on Underdog Fantasy. Promo code Smitty. If you want to draft with us on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and, and do these underdog drafts, click the link in, in the description of the video. I'm going to drop the link right now, and I'll pin it in the live chat right now. That is the link. I'm going to pin it this very second. Make sure you sign up ahead of time, because if you don't, you will not get in. We draft every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we say, jump in now. you got to be signed in. So click the link, sign in, minimum $10 deposit. They'll match that and give you $10. If you do $100, they will give you 100 So, you know, make sure you, you choose that the first deposit wisely because they'll double it, whatever you choose, up to $100 if you're new. 
Ingram. Look at Ingram. One, two, three. Hawkinson's you know, solid, but too costly for me. That's three tight ends. So you said that there's only five tight ends. I'm, I'm not going at you. I'm trying to you know help you. So one, two, three, four, five tight ends if you include Kyle Pitts. Six, seven, eight. Ingram at tight end eight is phenomenal. Some of you love Njoku. I don't really love him, but that's not bad value. Friermuth, tight end 10, 11. Kincaid is somebody you're, you got to be patient with. But this guy could play number two wide receiver in the slot as a tight end and, and garner multiple position eligibility. Mark my words, it'll be a conversation amongst the, the fantasy football league management apps and software out there. They're going to have to have a conversation. People on Twitter are going to blast him when Kincaid doesn't get his wide receiver eligibility at some point. But that could take time. This is Damian Pierce. People cut Damian Pierce after a slow start. People got upset about Walker not being ready for week one, week two, and they cut Walker. Don't do that with Kincaid. He's somebody you draft, and then you draft another tight end like Cole Komet, who's not even on this list. Aconquo is down outside the top 10. Schultz, Cole Komet, way down outside the top 10. These are all really good tight ends, bro. There, there are a lot of ways to go. Kincaid and Cole Komet's kind of a little favorite of mine. Or Evan Ingram and Kincaid is a little favorite of mine. A little, little mix and match. But definitely some tight end options out there, bro. Uh, easy to pass on tight end early because of those options. Because of the other players available in rounds 3-4 that I love so much. Did I hear you fade Evans explain this situation? Mike Evans? Um, Yeah, I mean... What do you guys think on the phone about Tampa Bay situation? Mike Evans and Godwin are are definitely fades for me unless I'm getting them in wide receiver four territory, which sometimes I do, and I do take Evans in that situation because they're going to be down throwing the ball a lot. But Trask and Baker look pathetic. I've never seen two quarterbacks look like they don't know what they're doing more than these two gentlemen right now in, in OTAs. They look, they look putrid. They can't even throw 12 yards down the field, back-to-back, rotating garbage. Like, they, there's video footage of them, look it up, where they're rotating throws, and they're both overthrowing their wide receivers on 10-yard passes. One of them, Baker, threw completely over the player. He couldn't even touch it. It, it, it just, I mean, yeah, I know it's OTAs, it's early, they both can improve, but I don't feel comfortable with Evans or Godwin if they're even my high-end wide receiver three. Maybe you wait on the wide receiver three, and he becomes your very, very late low-end wide receiver three. Evans would be my choice. Godwin's going to need precision passes. That worries me more than Mike Evans with his ability to go jump ball off of an errant bad pass by Baker that's way off target, but he's able to go up and grab it because he can jump ball with anybody. I'd rather bank on that than Godwin running these precise routes and the football not being there. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm out on Godwin. Depends on ADP for for Evans. Uh, let's go to Tristan. Tristan, what do you think about Tampa Bay? Do you feel differently like about Rashad White? Are you excited about any part of this offense from a fantasy football perspective? No, I don't want I don't want to touch any part of any of it. Mike Evans might be a decent late, late, late ground just for value, but if I can help it, I'm not touching anybody on that team. Yeah, I agree. What about you, TJ? Yeah, I, I don't trust Baker or Trask at all. I'd stay away from as well. Uh, uh, Gary, did you? Yeah, Gary, did you get my my? Did you see my response to your question? I don't see Gary in here anymore. 
I dropped uh, he dropped these super chats and uh, Dan Dan Grimmer, you're in here. You're in here, right? Dan Dan Dan, appreciate you. Let me see if Gary's in here. Hold on, maybe Gary is in here. Yeah, I think Gary's in here. Gary, you get my response. I want to make sure you feel taken care of. And Dan, did you get my response? I want to make sure you feel taken care of in here. Appreciate you guys dropping these super chats. Overcome, hopefully, you know, that made sense. Uh, need help, sent messages. Thanks, Smitty. Dan, let's see if Dan, Dan Grimm. I think this is what you wanted me to look at, right, Dan? Right here? Okay. Superflex, PPR, Watson, Rogers. So that's Deshaun Watson and Rogers. Barkley, Pierce, Sanders, Chase, JJ, Olave, Fryermuth. Should I trade JJ and Miles Sanders for Garrett Wilson and Bijan? JJ, Miles Sanders for Garrett Wilson and Bijan. I would smash that. And, like, and, I, and I, love, I love JJ, but I just did a video, guys, where Garrett Wilson, in my opinion, is a top one to five potential wide receiver. And you're gonna get Bijan, like B, like let's let's flip it this way. Let's this is more simplistic to look at it from this perspective. Okay, so in a in a in a, even a super flex dynasty, Bijan is equal to JJ. Okay, he just is. You you can argue it. You need wide receivers. I understand you might argue JJ or Chase, but you could easily say this is equal. So we take it off the board. You're telling me that you get Garrett Wilson. You get Garrett Wilson for, uh, what was it, Miles Sanders? <laughs> like a, He's so forgettable, I forgot who it was for a second. Garrett Wilson is like three open alligators over Miles Sanders, my guy. Like, this is this is the smash of all trades. This is a got him moment. Got him. King 25, code 428. Dispatch, Vito, Popo. Popo's been dispatched. Yeah, his name's Dan. Um, we call him the Reacher. The Grim Reacher. He reaches around once in a while. Yeah, no, round in fantasy, not around. Yeah, no, Dan. Yeah, he should be here. He just super chatted. He should be here for the next 10, 15 minutes. And then I, by, at that point, I don't know where he's going to be. But he he's wearing a, an avatar that has some kind of like crosses or whatever i don't know what it is but dan is taking advantage of people left and right abusing them aggressively come get him he's out of control dan did i get that right did i read it right did i even read it right should i trade jj and sanders for garrett wilson and Bijan? i mean it's a smash bro did I, did i read that wrong guys tristan uh I think I got it. Uh, right. That's insane. JJ and Sanders for Wilson. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. Yeah, you read it right. That's a smash, especially the dynasty. And I just traded away Wilson. I'll tell you, but I'll tell you right now, I just smash. Yeah. He 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 reaches around, uh, and also around. I mean, he's just Dan's just un uncontrollable. He's a menace right now in the trading world. Look at him. Uh, silver in the house, solid running back two in later rounds. Who is silver? Rashad White. I like Rashad White a lot. Silver, you know that. He was a moon man last year, but uh, it depends where you get him. Depends where you get him, but I feel like he's a, a, um, underdog. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know my boy Silver. He's, he's got your back. If you're an underdog, he's got your back. 
I would be careful rooting for him just because he's a you know underdog or a potential you know fan favorite of ours from from last year. I just it depends where you get him. Like we look at underdog fantasy promo code Smitty. Again, you want to draft with us tomorrow night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Every single Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we draft. And if you aren't, clicking that pinned link in the live chat or the link in the description if you're watching the replay of the video or using pro- promo code SMITTY. The links or code SMITTY will work. They'll match up to $100 in your first deposit, and you'll be ready to go for the drafts. But if we look at Rashad White, we're talking about where is Rashad White at? It's good. I mean, it's decent value, Silver. I'm not going to lie. Like, he, he, you know, he's falling quite a bit. But let's take a look at the players that I would like over him and, and, and review that. And let's see, let's see if it's an acceptable ADP. Maybe, maybe it is feeling like a decent place that I just, I don't know that I venture because there's maybe one or two players that I typically find that I like better, but not a handful. Let's take a look at it. Let's deep dive into it. So, and we aren't including receivers, and I think that's where maybe this, maybe maybe I do that too, because that's probably where this ends up coming into play as well, is that I go wide receiver or something. I see somebody that I just like a whole lot better. Let me go to Rashad White, mix in the running backs, and see if if it makes a, a, a big difference. Like Javante's below him, Kamara, Pacheco. Like this is, mixing in wide receivers really makes it hard for me to buy into Rashad White. If I needed a, a running back, I could see myself forcing it, all things being semi-equal, and I, I had a position of need. But looking at just running backs, I would say Swift, with all of his risk, I like a whole lot more than Rashad White right now. Alexander Madison, for the yep. moment, I like a whole lot more. Cam, I don't. Pacheco, I do. And you cuff him to McKinnon, solid. Rashad White right there. Rashad White right there. Um then we look at uh, you know Connor Monty, kind of all in the same vein. There, I could I could make an argument for for Monty or Rashad White, Rashad White Monty, Javante Williams. If he's cuffed, then I kind of like that situation a little better. Give me Kamara over Rashad White every single time. With the risk involved, it just feels like a better bet and a better upside play for me. Better offense, better situation. I'd probably quietly like Charbonnet over. Rashad White, to be honest with you. So if we mix in, and, and Silver, trust your gut, bro. Silver has been doing this a long time. I'm not trying to tell Silver what to do, but I, that's just my take on it. I'd also say you mix in wide receivers, and now it gets even crazier and more interesting because you've got players like uh, Jamison Williams. Actually, I didn't even go far enough to get some of those wide receivers that were in. You've got, if I keep going down the list, I believe you've got, where was it? Was it uh, Jahan Dotson? I think Jahan Dotson's kind of nearby. Jahan Dotson and Rashad White are within about four or five, about seven picks. And I and I have I do find that Dotson's there more times than not for whatever reason. And I just go wide receiver, especially because of the way I build. I'm very heavy running back early on a lot of these puppy drafts and poodle drafts and. Mania drafts more so than any other analyst. I feel like I just go running back heavy more than people do because I love these wide receivers. And so I think when I'm when I'm near Rashad White's ADP, I'm wide receiver shopping anyway. But that's just my take. Um, we got one caller on here, Dakota. Um, Dakota, Dave, you're live. Yeah, hey, I'm calling uh, about your Garrett Wilson video. Okay. I listened to that. It was awesome. Thank you. And, you know, one thing in particular, you know, you pointed out about him scrimmaging against Sauce Gardner. And that was 
something. I mean, I never would have thought of, about that. And yeah. uh, I think um, uh, almost none, if not none, of the analysts out there have thought about that. Or, so, or at least they're not uh, talking about it. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. And, 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 and you can compare it to, like I said, the weightlifting thing. Like in college, when I was 19 years old, I was a freshman in college. I, I went to the gym every day at the ASU rec center. And I started lifting with dudes that were like 225 pounds. I was about a buck 55. I'm about two two. Uh, I'm about two fifteen right now. I should be at two oh nine, two oh five, but I'm I'm a little over. But I was about one fifty five coming out of high school. I was a rail. I was always running. I ran like eight miles a day. I was a rail. I was one fifty five. I went to the gym with two hundred twenty pound dudes every day at nineteen years old, and they put two plates on, you know, on each side of the of of, of the bar, and I'd literally go, and I couldn't even get one up. And, and they would have to spot me. But it was too inconvenient for these guys to take the plates off and put like 35 pounds on for little skinny Smitty. So I couldn't I couldn't lift what they were lifting. And so they would spot me. But before you know it, I was lifting more than them and at least as much as every one of them within a couple months. And I was 220 pounds, literally within half a semester at ASU. I, was, I went from 155 to 225. Within like, I would say, I would say about a, almost a full semester it took. I was lifting with these guys and I was, I was doing so much better than they were because they weren't pushing themselves. It, and it, the whole point of it is that Sauce Gardner, for, for Garrett Wilson to be going up against the best defense every single day in practice versus, let's say, one of the most elite wide receivers not doing that. That guy's not learning anything day to day. He's not getting pushed to his limits. He's not learning new ways to run a route or spin a route off. He's not learning footwork that his own defensive player, Sauce Gardner, is going to say, try this. When a, when, a, when a receiver's done this on me and they push off here, they can get separation. And it rarely happens, but that's what you should try and do. Try it. And he tries it, and they work together. They're best buddies. These guys are best buddies. And, 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 and they're going to teach each other and, and help each other. There's no wide receiver. The, the, handing Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, and the New York Jet defense is the equivalent of handing Aaron Rodgers to Christian Watson last year. When Christian Watson was fast-tracked by Aaron Rodgers, force-feeding him, and Christian Watson was making mistakes all over the field, dropping footballs, running the wrong routes. Aaron Rodgers is riding him at the beginning of the year. Just rookie mistakes. What are you doing? What are you doing? By the end of the year, they were they were buddies and they would joke around. And 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 Watson aged like a, a president. It was like four year veteran coming out of his rookie season. And so the crazy part is the equivalent of giving somebody the amazing defense to go against in practice, a best friend that's going to work on you with different things. You're also getting the same guy, Aaron Rodgers, that just fast-tracked uh, Christian Watson, and now he's going to come over to an already fast-tracked Garrett Wilson and, and, and up the ante. He's getting the best defense in the National Football League, or at least number two, to go up against in practice every day. And then on top of that, he gets the same guy that laser locks on a receiver more than anybody in the National Football League that rushes people along the maturity process more than any other quarterback in the National Football League. Garrett Wilson's getting the best of every single part of, of all the worlds. The best of all worlds. 
There's no receiver that's in a more optimal situation than Garrett Wilson. There's not one. Not Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Not because you don't have the defensive key component there that I'm talking about. Garrett Wilson is going to mature quicker than anybody in the National Football League at the wide receiver position. It's going to be an immediate just growth spurt in terms of his abilities. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing to watch. Yeah, I agree with you. And like I said, I never would have thought of that. So uh, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate you. What else you got, Dakota? Anything else? Uh, uh, one other thing. I'm a big T Law fan, so uh, it's cool that he's on a Moon Man list now. Um, I think he throws. Uh, he throws like uh, Aaron Rodgers or uh, Warren Moon, who I think is like uh, you know one of the best pure passers um, the game's ever seen. Yeah, you and know what? so I was, uh, what you think about, um, you know, drafting him uh, ahead of uh, Justin Fields? Um, I don't mind it. I, I, I think they're very close. I could flip the script on myself at any moment and, uh, and and say that, you know, one could be better than the other. I truly believe that, that T-Law's untapped, um, not that Fields isn't, Fields is definitely untapped. But T-Law is untapped in a way where I at least think we know what we're dealing with in Justin Fields. Like we've seen him at his elite running potential and he's probably going to get better and better and better passing. And and then he'll dial back some of the running and some of it will wash. And he'll end up being kind of what he was last year. I think that's, I don't, I'm not saying his ceiling is tapped. I'm just saying it feels like we know what we're working with. We feel like we know the parameters of his highs and lows and potential value. Whereas T law, we don't even know what his ceiling looks like. This could be the next Peyton Manning. It could be a guy that kind of floors around five, six overall for fantasy football quarterbacks. Understand that we don't know. And I'm admitting, I don't even know quarterback is a position that I'm really, really good at predicting. But I will admit to you that sometimes you don't know until you see a player play a little more. And it's, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in not knowing. It's just we need to see them. They uh, Quarterbacks evolve at the NFL level differently. That's why Tom Brady slipped past everybody. Nobody knew Tom Brady was going to do what Tom Brady did. Nobody knew that Kurt Warner was going to do what Kurt Warner did. 32 teams didn't believe in Kurt Warner. Not 31, 32. He, he was passed over. He didn't get drafted. He did get brought in, was released after he was added. Uh, I forget what team he was added to when he was released. You watch the American Underdog story. It's amazing. And even his own team, the Kansas City Chiefs, or, I'm sorry, the LA Rams, didn't believe in uh, in uh, in Kurt Warner. Dick Vermeil did. But even his own offensive coordinator, his own teams, the entire Rams offense, nobody believed in him. You Sometimes you need to see a player get out there and throw the football. What I can tell you is in a very short amount of time where I think we can fairly judge maybe what his ceiling potential is, he exploded in the playoffs. In a in a game where we re- we literally, if, if T-Law didn't march back in that game to make the playoffs, that, that, that unbelievable comeback for performance, if he didn't do that and he ended the season on that note, we would probably be talking about T-Law like Danny Dimes. Let's just be honest and, and real about it. Had he not changed the course of his trajectory by coming back, showing everybody he could be an amazing comeback kid, and then march into the playoffs, even though he lost, he marched into the playoffs, 
did what he did, looked phenomenal, even though he lost. He was the IHOP king for a day, walking in IHOP late at night, everybody cheering his name. He changed the course of his value and, and potential with that one comeback game. And we wouldn't know what we're dealing with. But really, we just scratched the surface at the end of the season with T-Law. He could go out there and be a four, uh, very, very normal occasional four-touchdown four quarterback where he goes out and throws four touchdowns. Throws two touchdowns, three. Throws four touchdowns. Throws two touchdowns, three touchdowns. Four touchdowns. This guy could have three or four four-touchdown games in a single season. He's that kind of quarterback, potentially. I love what we're seeing. I guess in Dynasty, I would say T-Law is safer. Fields has a little more, little bit more upside because of the running potential, but a little more injury risk as well. That's where I'd probably leave that. But they're both right around 5'6", overall. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, the funny thing is I wasn't even thinking about the uh, the end of the season. I'm just watching the, uh, you know, the highlight film. From the whole season. And the way this guy throws, I think, is uh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, he's great, bro. Um, Tristan, you like you like T-Law over Fields or Fields over T-Law or about the same? I like, okay, I like Fields over T-Law, but I like T-Law right under him. And I, I don't like ranking Lamar or Herbert above T-Law. Yeah. Uh, Ga- Gar- Gary and Grimm, do you feel like I, I answered your... Uh, let me see if, uh, or was it was it Gary? Who dropped that super chat? It was um, it was uh, Gary. Yeah, Gary. Gary, do you feel like I I handled that properly? I, I haven't seen Gary respond. Gary, I know you're in the chat. Let me know if I took care of you. Dan Grimm, have the uh, have the police showed up yet? The veto police. Yes, you got it. Just hurts to let go of JJ. Bro, let him go. Let Garrett Wilson fly. You got Bijan. Bijan for JJ straight up is even. You're crushing the other part of that trade. Absolute smash. All right. Hey, Tristan, I'm going to let you go. Any final thoughts? Uh, No, appreciate it. It's me. Take All right, man. Me. Appreciate you. Hey, Dakota, any final thoughts, bro? That's it. Thanks so much. All right. Appreciate you. Later. Uh, we got 132 of you still in the building. Punch that thumb up button. I think we're above. We're at 131. Th- we got 131 thumbs up, 132 in the building. That's fantastic. I appreciate you. I salute you. I salute every single one of you. Appreciate every single one of you. You guys make this show. Without you, the show wouldn't exist. You are the show. I work for you. I, I work for every single one of you. And we're doing it live. Thank you all for being here. Um... I, I think I, let me check Twitter. Let me check uh, you know breaking news. Make sure nothing's popping off while I'm talking to you. And, and and of course, if there's any breaking news tonight, I will go live. I go live whenever news breaks. I go live Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern. I go live whenever news breaks. I go live uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday for drafting underdog fantasy promo code Smitty. It link is pinned in the live chat. Link is in the description of every video. Promo code Smitty also gets it done. You will get. Up to $100 bonus match on your first deposit by using code SMITTY or the link. The link inserts the code for you. And if you don't get in now and do it ahead of time by clicking the link this very second, it takes literally like one minute. Fill out the, the form. It's a, it's a $10 minimum deposit. They'll match up to $100. So pick your first deposit wisely so you don't lose, miss out on that double action. And you're ready to go. Then your app is signed in. You're ready. And when we go draft, I'll say, hey... Open the app, 
click on the, the, the puppy draft. Wait, wait, wait. Click the green button. We all get in together. Make sure you sign up ahead of time or you're going to miss out. You're going to be there tomorrow night when we draft and you're not going to get in. And you're going to say, Smitty, you're doing another draft? Uh, Smitty, thoughts on my puppy too. First five picks are Chase, Hall, Najee, Walker, Burrow. Absolute smash Russian collusion. Unbelievable start, my guy. Unbelievable start. To get Burrow and Walker and still sidestep into Harris in the third round, absolutely phenomenal. The only thing I would have liked better is Gibbs over Harris, but that's that's to each his own. There's nothing wrong with Harris, and I don't mind that at all. Glad Smitty bet on himself and NFL. Appreciate you, Daddy. Appreciate you, Daddy. Uh, Smitty to the moon. No, you to the moon, Maxie. You to the moon. Appreciate your super chat, young man. Appreciate all of you. T-Law Fields and Lamar Jackson seem to be steals. I think Lamar's climbing too high, though, because he's climbing above Burrow, and he's climbing above T-Law, and he's climbing above Fields in some cases. So I feel like L. Jackson is getting in the way, and I love it. I love that he's bumping down the boys. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, top five. Now get to some, something to eat, Smitty. Thank you. Jack, we're going to do... J By the way, Jack and everybody's got a Marsman card. The Marsman cards should be delivered in midweek, I think, next week. I'm sending them out. Um, uh, I was trying to send them out today. I was waiting on one more address. They're going out tonight or probably by the time the mail comes tomorrow. It's, uh, yeah, it's 620, my time. Marsman cards will be del will be mailed tomorrow for all the Marsmen. The Moonman cards are not getting mailed yet because we're still ironing out a couple of the spots. And then we'll talk about whether there's going to be uh, like an alternate list of people to get into these if anybody drops out. But no one's getting bumped out. You, These guys are exclusive. They're in here. 24 cards. 20, 24 cards. Two different leagues of 12. Uh, two different special groups. Marsmen cards and Moonman cards. They're already pretty much sold out. The, the Moonman cards... Aren't necessarily sold out, but I got such a long wait list. No one's going to get on it at this point. So uh, hang tight. Appreciate every single one of you. Um, and, and if news breaks, you know I'm going to go live at some point tonight. But tomorrow we'll have another video. Tomorrow I'm kind of rehashing some of the moon men because values change. People have been away from fantasy football for a while. So you've noticed that I've, I've attacked some of these Mars men in separate videos. He's on a shuttle to Mars. Mars man. We did a Bijan video. We did a Garrett Wilson video. Loads dropping and spinning aimlessly in space. You're probably going to see another one of those guys on a premiere tomorrow discussing their upside. Um, so get ready for that. Appreciate every single one of you. I work for you. I will see you later. Um, Ethan, what's your problem lately? What's Ethan saying now? Smitty, these listeners are delusional on mediocre running backs. Ethan, maybe, maybe Ethan, Elliot, Fournette, Monty, please, no. No one's saying. I don't see anybody talking about those players, but you, Ethan. Ethan, stay away from those players. We don't recommend it. We've been telling you for, for months now to stay away from Elliot, Fournette, and Monty. Please stop, Ethan. Please stop. Please stop it. Everyone hit that thumb up button on your way out the door. Storm, appreciate you. Monty doesn't belong in that group. Monty's a little bit better than those guys. That's true. 
That, but 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 Ethan, you're the one saying the names. No one else is saying those names. I'm looking at my chat. No one's talking about Fournette. No one's talking about Elliot. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you looking at, Ethan? You're. Lo- I think you're chatting in the live chat about a video that was like one year ago. I think you're watching the wrong video in the wrong live chat, Ethan. You did it all all last last show. I don't know what you're doing. Thank you, Golf. Appreciate Golf. Appreciate Jack. Appreciate all of you. Now go. Get Joseph Cigar Smoking Burrowed, baby. Let's do it live. Go get that that tripod action. The moon men dropping loads in outer space. Space monsters. And a ten a ten dollar hauler. I, I don't I don't know if I did a standing ovation for that last ten dollar hauler by Max. Max, thank you for that ten dollar hauler. I'll see you all later if there's breaking news if not tomorrow for a live premiere and of course the 7 p.m show again live monday through friday 7 p.m eastern every single monday through friday live whenever news breaks live draft marathon week every week thursday friday saturday at midnight every single week hey smitty when are we drafting thursday friday saturday hey smitty are we drafting tonight is it thursday friday saturday at midnight eastern that's very simple thursday friday saturday every single week thursday friday saturday midnight eastern panic chamber tuesdays at midnight eastern daily uploads now get out of here see you later Thank you, Max, for your $10. Russian, thank you for your 5 Dan Grimm, thank you for your 2 Overcome, appreciate your 2 uh, Gary, I answered you in tremendous detail. I'm sorry if you didn't see it yet. I hope you do go back and watch it. We, we attacked it hardcore. All of these different angles. Appreciate you. Ian, appreciate your super chat. Tristan, appreciate you call in, calling in and your super chat. Uh, say word, appreciate you. Thomas, thank you for your super chat. Thomas, thank you for your $10 holler, Thomas. Thank you, Johnny Not Bravo. Thank you, uh, Mario. Appreciate you. And Johnny Not Bravo kicking off all the super chats. You guys absolutely rock. Max to the moon. Let's go. See you all later. Deuces. Deuces if you're looses. Appreciate you. Frankie in the building. Jack of all trades. The man, the myth, the legend, Space Ricky D-Town, Derek Lincoln in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Stormcat, see you later. Steven Mapp, appreciate you. Jeremy W, my guy. OEG, my guy. Overcome, the dude. D-Town, the dude. Silver, the veteran listener in the building. Longest watching follower Unless Alex Cruz is here, this is the longest watching follower right here. Silver Rapture. Literally got cobwebs all over him. He hasn't moved a single inch since he started watching watching this show. What, over four years ago? Silver, something like that. Klondike, see you later. Blake, see you later. Jack of all trades, see you later. Peace out. People are getting burrowed left and right, and people are going to remember it. Get burrowed.